MMR's President Seed Podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets. Fresh food, local flavors. Hello, everybody. WMMR, Philadelphia. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping, you want towels? Her towels need sleepy. Housekeeping, you want in for pillow? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. You're listening to Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR with Preston Elliott. You will listen to every damn word I Steve Morrison. Words are like loss. Casey Boyd. Lay off me, I'm starving. Kathy Romano. I'm going to destroy everything you own. Nick McElwain. I'm just not the, the hero type. And Marissa Magnata. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. And now, Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Our next guest has got a new book. He will be at the Philadelphia Free Library today at 1 o'clock and has made quite a name for himself in print, radio, and television and returns to Philadelphia. Please welcome Mr. Stephen A. Smith to our show. What's going on, everybody? Good morning. How y'all doing? Doing well. And you? It's good to be here. Congratulations on having a book out, man. Thank you so much. It's been a long time coming. I'm Uh, glad it's over with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you. uh, The title, I'm sorry, Stephen. Straight Shooter is the name of the book, by the way. Go ahead, Steve. Concerning the book, you signed 25,000 copies? Yes, I did. Twenty million. And, and, and let me be very, very clear. <laughs> I signed them. Yes, it wasn't okay. some stamp or right. whatever. My damn right arm still hasn't recovered. <laughs> yeah, I'm Bob, still Bob to, Dylan I'm still got trying to get it back. Yeah, Bob Dylan got caught. Uh, yeah, he, there was a whole big kerfuffle, but not you. You manned up and did I it. I signed twenty five thousand <laughs> copies. Make no mistake about it, and wow. that doesn't count the bookstores. Wow! You wow. said it was a long time coming. I yeah. read that you had to wait, or you wanted to wait until your mother passed. I had to. Uh, that was the promise she made me vow um, in 2011. I think it was early 2011. She did not want me to write about the book as long as she was alive. Because uh, it was... Uh, because she knew that I would celebrate her, but inevitably in celebrating her, I would have to detail some of the issues that I had with my father. Huh. And she did not want to be alive when that happened. My okay. mother was an incredibly, incredibly private person. Um, she's always been that way. Never had anything to hide. She just didn't feel like her business was anybody's business. And so she made me promise, um, and I kept that promise. And you, you basically say that while you're assumed to be the straight shooter, it was actually your mom that was the straight shooter. Yes, you were. Correct. Oh, without question. Right. In fact, no nonsense. You chronicle. Um, I had a similar thing. I think we all do at some point where we start to say, "Hey, this is I'm kicking ass here." You get hired by ESPN, yeah. and, and everything's going great. Yeah. And then there's a negotiation that doesn't go quite well, and, no. and now you find yourself in a "What am I going to do?" situation. It's your mom who comes in, and uh, it involved a mirror. Yes. What? What? Explain what happened. I think well, she brilliant. was, uh, to, to, you know, in May of 2000, and, and uh, actually in April of 2009, my last day was May, but a month earlier, they had then informed me that I would be let go, uh, that it was not a unilateral decision. Essentially, the honchos wanted me gone, um, and they didn't like my attitude or whatever. They didn't go into any details. They just said, we're not bringing you back, and so I really was devastated. Uh, by hearing that news, um, it wasn't entirely unexpected, but it didn't, uh, you know, minimize the sting. And instead of going home, 
I went to my mother's house, mm-hmm. back to my mother's house where I grew up in the same bunk bed I grew up sleeping in. And I just laid there for two days and didn't return calls, didn't talk to anybody or whatever. Um, and then afterwards, after those two days came, went by, my mother always making me breakfast, my toasted bagels, you know, <laughs> with, with extra butter and my hot tea. And she brought a tray in the room with breakfast and she put a handheld mirror on it. And I was like, what is this for? She said, I'm just wondering when you're going to start looking at yourself. Wow. Um, she said, you know, um, I'm not saying that you deserve to be fired, but you've been in this house on many occasions complaining about the job, complaining about bosses, complaining about assignments, complaining about, you know, their, you know, uh, their willingness to marginalize or minimize you. You complained a lot and you talked about them. And at times you talked to them. You weren't disrespectful or insubordinate, but that didn't mean you have the greatest attitude. You're not a boss. And you wouldn't want to be around somebody like that. So why should those bosses want to be around you? That's so clear. You, I, yeah. She mm-hmm. said you just need to look at yourself and, and you need to grow up. You need to become a bit more mature and, and understand that this had a lot to do with you. Could that message have had an impact on you if it was somebody else that said that? Possibly, because I, I believe it or not, one of my gifts that people don't realize as much as I talk, I don't get enough credit for listening. <laughs> I actually do listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get to where I am without listening. And so I, I would have listened, but it would not have hit me the same. I might have been a bit more resistant to it. I might have been slow to reflect on the kind of things that were said, uh, but it definitely would have hit me significantly less harder if it were not coming from my mother, your guys yeah. behind you raising his hand. <laughs> yeah. I'll get to him in a second. <laughs> the natural reaction is is for most people to be defensive when they hear something like that. Yeah, but you, you and I, I, mean? I, I'm listen. If if you, most of us love our mamas. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't I don't know too many people on this planet who don't love their mama. And so, no matter how defensive you may get, there's a limit upon which you can go mm-hmm. in being defensive when it's your mama. Yeah, you can try, but at the end of the day, um, you got to monitor your tone. You got to. <laughs> monitor your language. You got to yes. monitor all those things when it comes to your mama, mm-hmm. you know, because that's mom. And yeah. so, you know, I'm a grown man and my mother passed away when I was 49 going on 50, um, you know, and, and my mother's mentality to the day she died. I mean, if I said something, she'd be like, well, who do you think you're talking to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you yeah. Know, do, yeah. You, you, do you know who you're talking to? And I had to be like, Yes, mom. Scares <laughs> <laughs> the crap out yeah. of I, um, yeah. I'm 47 years old. My mom is 75 years old. She's about four foot eleven. She lives with us, <laughs> right? She, she, uh, yeah, she lives in my in my house. And and you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter like right. how old and and. How small she might be, like she's still, you know, I right. still, still kick well, my, my ass. My mother, my yeah. mother was. She and I were very, very close. Mm. Um, I, I think the only person that could get away with more than me from my mama is my little nephew. He's right there. Yeah. And she loved, she loved her grandson. You know, they're both her grandchildren. But he was living away. He was, he was under her roof for a little while. And my mother loved the ground he walked on. He's about the only person that came close to me. Yeah. Uh, so I want to ask. 
you about what you do for a living, yeah. and because I have a, I have a great deal of respect for for anybody who does what you do for a living. We've been here for you know, coming up on eighteen years, yeah. and down the hall from us is, is thank you uh, is uh, the fanatic, and so I've become friendly and friends with a lot of uh, sports talk people. Yeah, uh, it is a you, you never have. It's always like you're in an argument with people, right? Yeah. It's, it's almost like there's never a debate, but right. also because of what you do, no matter where you go, people want to debate you. And so whatever you say, you really have to you have to stick to your guns, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and also, like, you know, admit if you've been wrong or whatever. Yeah. But, like, people want to debate you everywhere well, you go. Well, first of all, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to engage the debates in debates. You don't have to admit when you're wrong. Um, if you are, that's a great quality to have. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that I pride myself in doing, particularly with the athletes and the professionals that I cover. If I say something publicly and I'm wrong, I'll apologize publicly. I won't apologize privately for something that I did publicly. That's number one. Okay. Number two, people don't realize that about sports. They don't get it. So many people in the world of sports really, really don't get it. I can't tell you how many of my colleagues I've had to have this discussion with. I would pull guys to the side because I'm a veteran in the business now and I kind of know how it works. And I'd pull them to the side and I said, I don't care who you are or what you do. The sports fan Unless you're an insider that's breaking trades or what's going, unless you're an insider like that, you the sports fan never thinks you know more than them. Mm-hmm. They always think they're the expert. Uh-huh. So what they want in return is simply your perspective to know whether they agree or disagree with you and why. Yeah. That is it. So when people roll up on me to debate me, I stop them in their tracks. I say... I get paid to debate. I don't do that for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ask me a question, I'll answer you. Uh-huh. But answering a question is different than debating. You're oh, yeah. not getting in a debate with me because I don't get paid to do that with you. But what if somebody wants to debate, say, Rihanna versus Beyonce? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, Stephen is here on a day, and and we'll explain. He made a comment. It was on Sherry Shepard's show that uh, you you guys were talking about uh, Rihanna playing the the Super Bowl, and you said Rihanna and Beyonce. No, Beyonce. Um, And it's funny. That seems pretty harmless to me. It's an innocuous comment. Of of all things, a statement someone might make, (laughs) it's amazing what takes and uh, what can take off virally because it made a bit of a... It's trending right now today. It is, and yeah. I, and you know what? I'm going to address some of these people with my own podcast. I got my podcast, No Mercy, K-N-O-W. I come out with that three days, three at least three days a week. I'm going to do a podcast on that tomorrow. But I, let me say this, a couple of things. It's people getting on my damn nerves. So I, I'm definitely going to say something about it. They done ticked me off. Okay? First of all, Rihanna's fantastic. Yeah. I know that. She's Rihanna for crying out loud. Yeah. All I was trying to say is, I'm a Beyonce dude. Right, yeah. right. You know what I'm I think there's only one. Yeah. <laughs> there's only one that she's phenomenal. That doesn't mean that Rihanna isn't phenomenal in her own right. But when you consider what Beyonce did at the Super Bowl by herself, mm-hmm. when you consider what she did with Bruno Mars and Coldplay, separate Super Bowl <laughs> performance, I might add, okay, that's a lot to live up to. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, what really ticked me off and the reason I felt compelled to apologize because I saw people twisting it and turning it into, oh, you're comparing two black women. And I'm like, what? Uh, no. uh-huh. I'm like, I'm like. I, 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 I'm a fan, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. of both of them, uh-huh. but especially Beyonce, because, <laughs> because Rihanna is a good, is a is a great singer, uh-huh. damn good performer. But you know what? I, I used to like MC Hammer. 
Mm-hmm. I used to like, uh, you know, a whole bunch of people that could get the new edition. I loved them. You know, I loved them. But 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 Michael Jackson was a little different. <laughs> Prince was a little different. I did not know that it was a crime yeah. to say such a thing. This is new to me, yeah. even to me, yeah. okay, who lives in the media. I did not know that it was a crime to say, well, damn. There is Michael Jack. We are talking Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? And so, so people twist it the way that they do, and that's fine. But I just wanted Rihanna, who's getting ready to perform at the Super Bowl, and I thought the NFL made a phenomenal selection in picking her. Yeah. I just wanted to let her know there is a standard that has been set. <laughs> yes. Okay, because it's she is Beyonce is spectacular, and that's a lot to live up to. That's all I was trying to say. I was I wasn't trying to say, like, yo, I don't love Rihanna. I love Rihanna. I listen to her music all the time. You understand what I'm saying? All the time. I love her. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, Beyonce that was doing it up here. Yeah. All right. And then last year, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, 50, they turned it out. I'm like, you got to show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did not know. Yeah. I, I did not know that it was a crime that the cops need to come and cuff me and take me away for committing such a heinous act. I had no idea. And, Stephen, I believe if Rihanna shows up and does the, the greatest Super Bowl performance ever, you'll be delighted. Absolutely. Well, yeah. first of all, I will be there. Let's get that out the way. I will be there, number one. Number two, you damn right I'll be excited. Number three, I'm rooting for her. I'm rooting for her. And by the way, I'm rooting for anybody who comes on halftime for the Super Bowl for now because the precedents have been set. Yeah. Yeah. And when you see what you have seen and you're accustomed to it, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're watching Michael Jackson, Mm -hmm. God rest his soul, or Prince do their thing, and then somebody, some some person comes on halftime for the Super Bowl and they just stand in there leaning against the wall, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) Because, you know, we're accustomed to something. Certainly not implying that that's what Rihanna would do because I know better than that. I'm just saying, my goodness, Mm -hmm. I did not know that it was a crime (laughs) to say, yo, y'all, there's only one Beyonce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. All right. Speaking of rooting for people and for being a fan, uh, it's a great time to be a fan in Philadelphia. The Eagles obviously are doing really well. The Sixers are playing well. Flyers have turned it around a little bit. The Phils did what they did. The Union were fantastic. But I want to ask you specifically about uh, the Eagles this weekend and and where the Sixers are playing. Because it seems like at this point of the last few weeks, the Sixers are really starting to gel uh, in a really tough uh, conference. So uh, what are your thoughts about the Eagles on Saturday? And what are your thoughts about where the Sixers are? Eagles first. They better win this damn game. Um, They better win this damn game. I I would tell you that they've been, by and large, the best team in football for the first 12 weeks of the season. I think over the last five, we've seen the San Francisco 49ers elevate to another level. The acquisition of Christian McCaffrey has really elevated them. And I think that they're the team that can go anywhere, any place, anytime, and beat anybody. And even with a third-string quarterback in Brock Purdy, uh, they can pull it off because their defense is that lethal. They've got athleticism. They've got quickness. They've got headhunters. They've got, they've got body snatchers. They got rough riders. San Francisco is no joke. But neither are the Eagles when Jalen Hurts is healthy. The Eagles' success all comes down to this man. Mm. Um, 
I like, you know, Gardner Winsman's shoe. He's nice. You know, we've seen him. We've seen him drop 34 on the Dallas Cowboys. We saw him be a starting quarterback in Jacksonville. He belongs in the NFL, but he ain't Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts is, uh, I can't say enough about him. I never dreamed in my wildest dreams he would be this good. Um, he is a quarterback in this league, and the Eagles' top priority should be making sure they can, they, you know, sign him and lock him in long term. He deserves the money. And I'm talking, guys, I don't want to hear no $120 million or whatever. If you got these guys signing $200 million contracts, Kyler Murray's got $189 million guaranteed. Russell Wilson's got $165 million guaranteed. My brother Jalen Hurts deserves north of that. Yeah. Because, one season, though? Well, let me tell you why. He's big. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's bigger. He's stronger. And... It's not just his ability, his dual threat, because he can run with the football as well as throw it. But you get paid because they're projecting what you'll do based off of what you've done. You saw him go into the offseason and work on his game. Look at how much better he's come back. Chances are he's not going to get worse. And here's where the key thing comes in. Tell me one thing he's done wrong as a leader. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hasn't done anything. He, see, see, that's very important from the quarterback position because you're the you're the guy. And when you're the guy that leads men, that galvanizes folks, and you see that you're gone and there's a drop off without you, that's the final nugget of evidence to say. We got to take care of this brother. Most and important then, uh, uh, position in all of sports? Yeah, I, you can make that argument. But I would tell you when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, you're damn straight. You saw how you did the two weeks without him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I definitely think that, it's listen, clear. he's there, you win. If he's compromised in any way, Giants got a chance because they're playing with house money. Daniel Jones is being exceptionally well coached by Dable. Saquon Barkley is a star. And a bunch of no-names come out there, recognize the that they're no names in a lot of people's households and they've played like they've got a chip on their shoulders and, and that's what we got to pay attention to. So I expect the Eagles to win this game, but I would tell you they better win this game. <laughs> they better win this game. Not as good as this defense and this offense has been throughout the year. I don't give a damn if Jalen Hurts is hurt. You should be able to beat the Giants. You will not beat San Francisco because they will win. They will beat Dallas. You will not win beat San Francisco without Jalen Hurts. It will not happen. Mm, As for the Sixers, here's the deal. (laughs) They're very good. I've known Doc Rivers a quarter century. He's a friend of mine. I love him dearly. Joel Embiid is a superstar. Tyrese Maxey is the second best player on this team when completely healthy. James Harden is no joke. He can still ball. The key for the Sixers is that Harden has to embrace his role as the third guy who's a facilitator for the other two. You still got to be a threat. You can't go Ben Simmons on us and don't shoot, Mm -hmm. okay, which we know Harden is going to shoot the ball. But you've got to be that playmaker. You've got to be perfectly okay, and you got to be somebody who knows there's two primary scorers ahead of you, but you're the guy that's the glue because you're the one that brings it all together. You have to accept that role in order for you to be able to beat Boston, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. That is what I believe. If you don't have guys locked down mentally into those roles, those three teams that I mentioned, especially Milwaukee and Boston, will exploit it and you will go home. Do you think he's embracing it? 
I, I think so. I, I think so. Let me tell you the other part, too. Outside, first of all, Cleveland is no joke Mm-mm. with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. And they've got a front line that know their roles exceptionally well. They defend, they rebound, they, 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 they rim protect. So all of they, they're formidable too. Specifically when it comes to my, um, the Sixers, Miami is a threat for this one reason that people keep, not, they keep failing to pick up. Jimmy Butler knows Joel Embiid. Mm. And he knows Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. And he knows how to tweak things and pinch nerves in such a way that could affect their games detrimentally. I'm talking about, and I don't mean it in a literal sense, but I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a perfect example. Jimmy, remember how Lawrence Taylor once told he used to send prostitutes to people's hotel rooms <laughs> yeah. before games and yeah. stuff like that? You see, Jimmy Butler, the kind of dude that might decide to have a party in South Beach, <laughs> you know, the night before a game, because, you know, yeah, James will show up to this. James, James Harden will show up to this. You know, I do something that, 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 that'll get, that'll get Joel and Bede compromised or whatever. I don't know what that may be. I'm just throwing stuff out there because Jimmy Butler knows stuff like that. Yeah. Not to say that he would, but he's smart it, and he knows the Sixers. Savvy. It's funny to think yeah. of it that way, yeah. and and when you because it is it, you think of the moment of game time and the duration of the game itself, right? But there is so much, and I've heard you talk about this before, that extends well beyond those parameters that that is in play all the time. Like you're saying, the the subtle sabotaging. Yeah. Yes, uh, and and it's 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 an amazing thing. What was the most outlandish? Outlandish act of sabotage you ever saw. Uh, well, it wasn't outlandish, but I will tell you something. Um, it's a couple of stars that had the same technique. And, of course, I will never talk. I will never say who it is because they're married now. They okay. weren't married then, but they were married. They're married now. And one of the things they used to do, they was they were, they were stars in the league. And people knew exactly who they were. And they had certain proclivities, per se. Uh, They liked the ladies, you know. And what they would do is they knew they could go from city to city and have anybody they wanted. Mm -hmm. Not literally, but figuratively speaking, they could have a pick of the litter. And what happened? Every time they had a big game, they would get into the city a day before And whoever was a female of the opponent, they would take that female. Whoa. (laughs) They would take that female. They would they would get that she she they would they knew that she would like them more than she liked the person they were with. Wow. And they would literally target target her, be seen with her, and ultimately on many occasions, would leave wow. with that person just to rile yeah. the person up that they had to play against the next night. Diabolical, yes. Diabolical. And, and I will tell you, it never failed. It worked every time. Every single time, the the person who lost their girl played with emotion. They'd foul out. They'd yeah. get in foul trouble. Their shooting percentage would drop. 
dramatically. All of those kind of things happen because they were mentally rattled. I love it. Terrible. Guys, Stephen's got a hard out. He's got to get out here. He's going to be at the uh, Free Library today at 1 o'clock promoting his book, Straight Shooter, uh, a memoir of second chances and first takes. I do have one last question, though, Stephen. People who pick up the book, what are you hoping that they will take from this, that they'll get out of it? I want them to be inspired and, and, and motivated. I want them to understand that, you know what, no matter what trials and tribulations come your way, no matter how daunting the task is for you, you can make it. You can make it happen. Um, There's going to be a lot of people standing in your way. There's going to be a lot of obstacles standing in your way, but you'll be surprised if you're focused and locked in and you want it bad enough, you'd be surprised how many women, how many people are willing to step up to help you. This is America. There's a lot of great people that care enough about you to want to help you excel. But the first order of business is to show your willingness to do for yourself in that regard. And no matter what the obstacles are, no matter what the trials and tribulations, no matter what race, color, or creed you're from, we all have problems. We all have our, our troubles. But we all have the ability to overcome it. And I think that my book, you know, exemplifies that. It's a great message. Straight shooter. Welcome back to Philadelphia. Thank by you, the way. man. I appreciate Stephen it. Stephen A. Smith, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for being here. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Don't you hate it when some jerk on the radio says, hey, Alexa, open MMR. Uh, did it work? No? Okay. Well, maybe, hey, Alexa, wake me up to WMMR every day at 6 a.m. And if that didn't work, just know that you can do that anytime yourself. You're welcome. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back. And this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swooping and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at Acme Swooping and Win Game.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We're happy to have our next guest on. We've had the pleasure of meeting him on a few occasions, and we'll be back in our town to perform live at the Met on January yeah. 19th. Yep, there are tickets available at themetphilly.com, and now on out on his own yes. after uh, years with the Impractical Jokers. Please welcome Joe Gatto. Yay. Hey. Good morning, Here I am. Joe. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Our pleasure. Nice to have you on again, man. Um, uh, real quick, how long ago since uh, your separation from Impractical Jokers, the show, altogether? Uh, 
About two years. Two years, two years. man. It seems like not that long it, ago. I know. But you've been ter- yeah. Let me tell you something, and then you probably have not heard this, but Seinfeld made sure that he played the Met before you did because he did not want to follow you. Yeah. That's what he, that's <laughs> I know, what we, he said. Me and Jerry spoke about it. Me and Jerry, you know, when we had coffee in his car, we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of coffee. Nice. Uh, so, Joe, I saw you and the Jokers uh, at the Met, so you've played the room before, and uh, I've, I've, I've happened to see you guys live on on a few occasions. I've not seen you solo uh, live. What is an evening with Joe Gatto all about? What is it like? Uh, it's my stand-up comedy, you know, so it's uh, an hour of, of just me. You're guaranteed three to five laughs when you walk in the door. That comes that's a solid so guarantee. You have a guarantee. You know, that's a, that's over an hour, I mean, guys, think about what you've done over an hour and how many times you've laughed. You're, right. getting, a, you're getting a laugh almost every 20 minutes, so that is, that's good. No, it, it, and so obviously you have that fan base, but you had you had comedy jobs before that. I mean, you, you know, yeah. it was something that was part of your deal, and you're, you, you do your podcast uh, with uh, Steve Byrne, who's a friend of the show. Uh, and uh, and uh, obviously anybody who's good enough for Steve Byrne is good enough for us. <laughs> for sure. I mean, uh, he's the bar. <laughs> do, you, do you find people like uh, asking, like, you know, like Preston, a lot of people are so familiar with you for, with one thing. I mean, it, it must be what it's like to be, um, you know, uh, like one of the Brady kids <laughs> because yeah. you're associated with that so much. 100%. It's hard yeah. to be associated with something else. I, I'm more of an Alice, but I would say the... <laughs> You're more of an Alice. Yeah. The, the main thing is the, the, the benefit that I have is that I wasn't playing a character on TV. You know, I wasn't like, you know, Chandler right. from Friends. Like, I was Joe. So if people saw me on the show and liked me on the show, they like me in this format as well because it's more of me. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not putting on anything. Um, but it's been interesting for sure. And I hadn't played Philly. Like, I wanted to do the Met. So, like, I haven't... Uh, solo, I haven't come toward to that area. So, I was waiting until I was ready to come and play a big room like the Met. So, I'm excited for it. Yeah. You're going to love the Met. It, it is a beautiful, beautiful room. Yeah. Now, Joe, I had to snap a picture of uh, of the monitor that we're watching you on because, you know, we're talking to you via Zoom and I sent it to my son because he <laughs> loves Impractical Jokers. And he said, hey, can you please tell him that I'm his biggest fan? <laughs> so... I wanted to ask you about um, the, like, you, you have people who have been fan of yours for years and years and years. And now, you know, like through streaming and, and you know, all that stuff, like you have a whole new crop of fans that are mm-hmm. that are young. He's 16 years old. Are, are you seeing that on your tour? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I get family. The, the show is suggested 16 and over, but we get kids in there all the time. I mean, it's not really that edgy of content, a couple curse words here and there, you know, but it's nothing too crazy that kids haven't heard. But it's <laughs> funny because, like, it, you either have, like, people who have been longtime watchers, right? So I had these kids that had started watching the show when they were, when we first came out, you know, 10 years ago, they were 13, 14. They're now 24, 25. So they grew up with me. Like, when I play these colleges, uh-huh. it's crazy. All these kids have grown up with me, and they're getting to see somebody that they've seen on TV during their whole you know, uh, childhood basically. It's a wild. Which makes you feel so old. <laughs> it's a wild thing. We had our MM barbecue just a, a you know a couple months ago, and um, uh, was that actually last month? And uh, a, a full grown adult woman comes up to talk to President and myself. We're standing there, and and uh, and she says, "I was born on the day you started at WMMR." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Oh my god. <laughs> you just punch yourself right in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> and that was years into our career. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. Um, Joe, whenever, um, you know, you have an individual who splinters off from an ensemble and then they um, start to uh, go out on 
and do some solo endeavors. Uh, those first few times, I would imagine, have to be a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Scary is the right word, but a little bit. Yeah, it's good. It's it's uh, you know you get anxious about it for sure. I mean, I've always been on stage. You know, I've been performing live, so I wasn't really worried about that for, right. since 1999. Like I, I wasn't worried about that part of it, but I've always been part of an ensemble. You know, where for the bigger part of my life performing live where I was only responsible for 25% of the funny, you know? Yeah, so now it's yeah. all on you 100%. But, you know, with the good, good and bad with that, the adrenaline kicks in too because if the show is terrible, it's your fault. But if it's great, it's all you. So it's right. like uh, a weird, weird balance. But I remember the first time I did it, um, I did my first stand-up show in January of uh, 2022 in um, Appleton, Wisconsin. With Steve Burns, Steve Burns opened for me, and I brought Steve with me on purpose because I was like, "Dude, I don't even know how long I'm going to be able to go. Like, you got to help me." And I did 35 minutes. Yeah. And when I came back into the back, Steve, who's a, and I was with the other friend of ours, who's a seasoned uh, Jiggy, who's a seasoned um, stand up as well. I walked in at Steve. I said, "So how'd it go?" And he just flipped me off. And he goes, <laughs> Natural, screw you. Yes. Like, oh. Well, that's 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 that's, that's, that's like Burke Kreischer. So Burke Kreischer was doing sure, was doing you know mostly stunt stuff. He was you know um, Van Wilder was. You know the movie based on him, and he was he was the party frat guy, and then he but the same skills and chops that got you the, your your effectiveness on Impractical Jokers uh, served him the same way. So you were already yeah. sort of primed for it. And it's just you yeah. honed a different set of uh, of muscles. But um, so it, it's funny when you do have that. Oh my god, how am I gonna how am I gonna do a how am I gonna have a fifteen minute set or how am I gonna, and now it <laughs> right it seems ridiculous to even think about that time. Yeah, I mean, I, I graduated to an hour pretty quickly, and we graduated to theaters as well because there was so many people wanted to come out, you know. And I was actually more comfortable on a theater stage than a stand-up comedy stage because I'm, you know, I'm a panther. Like I move around a lot. I know I don't look like I burn a lot of calories, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was like a thing. Like I needed the space because I'm a super physical comedian too. So as I played the bigger stages, I got. Uh, you know, funnier in the sense that I was able to use my body for uh, for evil a little bit more. So it was like, okay, I could do this better. Um, so I got definitely more comfortable on a theater stage. Uh, Joe, I read that you uh, you hit Comic Con uh, last weekend and had a panel there. And this is was that your first uh, Comic Con that you had been to? No, no, I've been to a bunch. Yeah, we've done. I've done comic cons for years. I work with an anti bullying group called Pop Culture Hero Coalition. Who? Uh, yeah. I've been doing, I've been doing panels with them probably, I think this is my sixth year with them, wow. uh, which has always been fun. And then with the, you know, the Jokers, of course, we always did Comic Cons, uh, San Diego, you know, Chicago, New York. Um, I love doing a New York one though, cause it's like, you know, your hometown one. I love the Javits. Well, I got to bring my kids the Javits to this, which is so cool. And I had my kids there for the first time and they were, uh, geeking out. It was really nice. But you're, oh, you're, cool. you're a genre nerd. You, you're, you're into all this stuff, right? Yeah. Big time. So that, I mean, yeah. so do you have to do, <laughs> so Joe, you're a big time nerd. That's <laughs> No, well, like it's the same thing with me. Like I, we're we're all into that stuff. That's our that's our wheelhouse. The question is, is that anyone who goes to a comic con, uh, a lot of times they'll you'll have to like put on a hat or something if you want to actually walk around the floor yourself uh, for getting noticed. Is that something that you've had to resort to? Or? No, not me. I just I, I I just walk around. I'm a, I'm a man of the people. I have a good time. But when I had my kids with me, I don't stop to take pictures and stuff. But I did like a photo op thing for the charity. All right. But uh, people are pretty respectful. Like my son was tired. Of course, he's only. So his little legs were holding up with the Javits, which is huge. So I like had to carry him and people were super respectful, you know, just saying hi. You know, if they asked to take a picture, I'd be like, I'm with my family. I'm sorry, but I would say hello, you know. Yeah. But when I'm with the family, people get that I'm in dad mode, I think, you know, so it was. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Hey, so you're offering this. Um, uh, so you have these upcoming shows and I, I wanted to bring this up because Steve just adopted a senior dog. And, oh, great. And Congrats. You, uh, yeah, oh, thank you. And you 
um, you're doing a, a contest, and uh, it's a raffle, essentially, to uh, go out and meet you at, at one of your shows, uh, VIP back package, and uh, this is via fan basis, and the proceeds from the raffle go to your work, Finding Home for Senior and Unwanted Dogs. Yeah, yeah, I have a, I've been doing that work for a while now, but we actually just expanded to open up our own um, nonprofit here in New York called Gatto Pups and Friends, where we get mostly senior and unwanted dogs and find new homes for them. We actually just uh, found an adoption for our 45th dog here, Cinnamon Roll, a beautiful 13-year-old pit bull went home this weekend um, with somebody, which was great because we were just collecting all these old dogs. <laughs> we're like, we could probably do better if we tried to find them homes um, and do bigger damage. So we started out here. Here. We got a storefront on uh, in the community here in Long Island, where I'm at, in Glenhead, and it's been really great. Yeah, it's really, really rewarding work. And uh, old pups are the best, man. They're just lazy. Oh, this dog is and they get belly rubs and go to sleep. That's so, it. Joe, this dog was rescued. Uh, Kizzy's her name was uh, fr- friends of ours who do great work out in in the um, in Lancaster County. There's sadly there's a lot of puppy mills out there, mm-hmm. and this this dog spent eight and a half years just generating litters of puppies in basically a tool shed. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, this dog, the, the, their capacity, I'm sure you'll echo this to just, though they've been treated like crap by every animal, yeah. they've, by every human they've ever known can be so loving. And this dog, we just fell in love with her immediately. But I mean, it's, that's great work to be doing that because it does make a difference. And those, as you said, those older, older dogs, older pups, they really, they've got a lot to offer. So kudos to you yeah. for that. Yeah. And it's funny because we'll get a lot from that we do and they'll be like on people like, oh, they're on their last leg. We, you know, do a lot of work with the New York um, ACC here because, uh, you know, when they get when they get filled, they need help, with, especially the old dogs. They stay there. You know, they're like, oh, this one doesn't have much left. They're just looking for a place for them to live out their last months. And they'll come here and they'll they'll heal. They'll yeah. be fine. We have oh, yeah. two dogs that were like, they're, oh, they're going to go. They're, they're in their third year with us. You know, it's amazing that they're just a different environment. A little bit of love really makes them blossom. We do that with dogs. Okay? We had a cat. Oh, this guy. No, this guy's not long for this world. This big old guy, Hubert. No, he's not long for this world. And he gave he kept getting adopted out and brought back to the house. He sleeps on my bed every night. He's the king of the house. He's going, oh, he's going great guns. Yeah. So, no, it, 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 it's really cool to do that. And the anti-bullying stuff is, is good as well. So, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that occupies a lot of the time. Where do, you get the, where do you get the time to go sort of workshop material when you're putting a show together? <laughs> um, on stage, I do a lot of it, actually. If I, uh, m- m- so it's a big, it's a big lab experiment. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like, it's like, ah, this will work. Um, but it's storytelling, really. And I have no lack of stories. Like, that's my, my, you know, my, the, my technique really is just like, I tell stories and give a little bit of perspective on them because I've had so many cool, weird things happening in my life, either with my friends who are my friends. So I have so many stories about with them that wasn't on the TV show mm. or my crazy Italian mother growing up in Staten Island with her. Being a parent uh, with my two kids, my kids give me a lot of content. Um, And uh, I just get out there and tell stories and work it out. So if something funny happens... I'll just like try to tell it. And then when it works, I'm like, okay, well, how can I punch this up? So I have a good basis when I go. It's just like, this is a funny story. So I have like notes where it's just like, you should tell this story. It just has the name. Yeah, of the story. yeah absolutely. Are there any stories about the kids you have to get uh, permission from the wife before? Uh, <laughs> no, they're, the all, they're all good. They're all, all right, good. I think okay. my son might be embarrassed when he gets a little bit older about one I tell, you know, I tell one now about, um, and this just happened because I took them to Disneyland and we went on this new Star Wars ride, you know, mm-hmm. that big ride they have. Yeah, yeah. And it was, <laughs> And my son, and then this ride, you get like going out of space. There's this big like battle, you know, and you get sucked into the Death Star and there's all these stormtroopers. It's pretty cool. And my son had never been 
on a ride, nor saw Star Wars. So he thought he was real. <laughs> oh, no. And he was hugging the guardrail, yelling, I want to go back to Earth. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I thought traumatized this poor kid. And it was just funny because, like, you learn as a parent, right? Like, I don't know. I don't. Nobody knows what they're doing in the beginning or even at the end. Like, you have no idea. You're doing the best you can. And I was like, mm, that was a misstep. <laughs> Joe, how has he not seen any Star Wars? He's only six, so he doesn't really have the capacity uh, for it. My daughter's right. seen a couple of them. She's, right. uh, she's really into movies, which is great, and she wants to watch spooky stuff, so I just showed her Ghostbusters okay. the first time mm. a couple of weekends ago. She loved it. It was really cool. So, so I can recommend two movies, Terrifier and Terrifier 2 for her. They are not- <laughs> <laughs> no, nice no. Nightmare on Elm Street, something light. Let's go to movie. <laughs> right. But by the way, mental scarring your children is just, it's just what you do. It's what <laughs> yeah, was done to it's us. It's what we do to them. Yeah. That's right. It's no, like right. why and you... They'll have, they'll have stories to tell when they yeah. grow up. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when, you get, when you're spending money for the therapy for them, they got to have something to tell. Yeah, right? Sure. Right? Part of the deal. I don't want a boring kid in therapy. I want to yeah. make sure they keep them on the toes. <laughs> but I will say, what I thought was scary back in the day <laughs> is not scary these days. I used to have to watch, because uh, I, I just watched Dream Warriors uh, not that long ago, and I had, when I was a kid, I had to watch it through my fingers. Yeah. Know? Right. Uh, yeah. I watched it now it's like watching a comic book movie. <laughs> you know, like it's, I don't know what I was so scared of back in 1988, but uh, it doesn't scare me now. Dude, there is so much bad horror out there, but it's so like uh, crazy to watch. It's like, two nights ago, watch Slother House. Oh, Slother House. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the sloth. It's a sloth. It's got a sloth, but the sloth is, <laughs> it doesn't even look like a real thing. It looks like a stuffed animal. They didn't spend any money on it. He's basically walking around with a stuffed animal, and it's a sloth. <laughs> Guys, come on. How desperate are we that the killer animal is a sloth? That's why horror movies are so great. You can literally build yeah. an entire movie up. Around the title. Steve, you oh, just sent me a trailer for a movie called Monster NATO. <laughs> no. Yes. yes. Really? Monster NATO. And exactly what's, what you What's the conceit, Preston? It's a tornado made of monsters. <laughs> okay. That's right. That's so what it is. You get what you paid for. Yeah. yeah what, totally. I, what, what scarred me when I was younger was called The Stuff. It was a knockoff oh. of The Blob. Yes. Right. I have seen so it's it. basically so- just this white alien power, like alien like form that just goes around and kills people. And I couldn't eat egg McMuffins. <laughs> <laughs> but I had like, yeah, that stuff in there. Do you remember the VHS box? It looked like people were being attacked by clumps of semen. No. It, it, was just, it was like, no. this, that's what the stuff oh looked my. like. I don't know if we're talking about the same movie. Yes. <laughs> was yeah. Peter North in there? Peter North was the, <laughs> yeah. he was the creator. He's the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, the bad guy. Wow. Yeah, the stuff, I clearly um, remember. If you're just tuning in, it's Joe Gatto. Uh, he's joining us via Zoom. And since uh, you're joining us via Zoom, it's, it's always a nice uh, peek into people's personal space when we do a Zoom thing. Over your left shoulder is a piece of uh, sheet yeah. music, and it's autographed. I'm curious, what is that? It's the uh, the theme song to uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, uh, signed by Will Smith, and above that is the uh, Young Frankenstein, um, one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's the LP signed by the whole cast that I got at. Uh, that's uh, so. What school. Did, were you given that or did you buy that? I bought that because that's. I bought- that's yeah, amazing. That's so, yeah, that's sick. I found that in my favorite memorabilia shop is in Las Vegas and Caesars Forum. Every time I play Vegas, I go there. Have and, you ever uh, met Mel Brooks? Have you ever gotten to meet I to- met. I met Mel Brooks. No the way. picture is uh, right there. Oh, I met my him. goodness. Oh, wow. what was, what and was, the way I met him is so Joe style. It was, <laughs> we had played Radio City two weeks before he was there. Yeah. And we, my, bought my, my sisters and I grew up watching Mel Brooks, and I bought them a ticket to a Blazing Saddle screening. Ah, Q&A at the end. The best. He's there at the end. He was great. He was unbelievable. At this point, he was. 89 or 90, I think. 89, wow. I think it was. And 
at the end of it, the head of security at the uh, at Radio City saw me. He goes, Joe. I'm like, hey, what's up, Wayne? He goes, uh, oh, you're here for the meet and greet? I go, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> goes, All right. And then he brought me back. And it was me and Mel Brooks's family. Wow. Oh. <laughs> and I got to meet him, say thanks. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. I, he seems like a sweet guy. He's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, what a force, man. He yeah. was jumping around that stage. He couldn't sit in his seat. He just kept telling him to sit down. He kept jumping up. <laughs> you stop and think about the guy who, who you know, was doing, before doing stuff that was considered wrong, was, was in vogue. He was, I mean, the producers alone yeah, with a musical about Hitler. I mean, that, people don't remember. He was setting that precedent years ago and blazing sure. saddles. Again, another masterpiece. But, but uh, Young Frankenstein... I mean, oh, Gene Wilder, that, that's a collective of talent. Peter Boyle, uh, yeah. I, we may never see the likes of that again. No, it was like a comedy that was really a film. That's yeah. what I love about it, because I'm a movie, like, I love movies, and when I grow up, I want to be a director. Like, that's my always <laughs> been my goal, you know? So I was like, I, that was something just resonated with me from my childhood, and I just, I've watched it, you know, hundreds of times. Yeah. Hey, Joe, I wanted to ask uh, for a quick favor, if you don't mind. There's, there's a kid named Eden, and he's had a really uh, tough year. I got a nice email from his mom, Shannon, and she's watching us on the YouTube stream right now, and um, uh, just wanted to uh, see if you could say hi to Eden and wish him the best, because he's going through some tough times. Absolutely not. There you go. Next question. Next question. What I hope for? Even listen, you know, I always say life sucks, suck harder. Get out there, my friend. I wish you nothing but the best. And, uh, I, you know, it, it's tough times for a lot of people out there. So I'm hoping I, it will give a little bit of joy and happiness. Um, so uh, much love to you. Life ah, sucks, nice. sucks harder. I like that. That's, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Did your mom tell you that one? Or, uh, <laughs> that's some of the advice that's from two cool moms. <laughs> That's what you call Staten Island advice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, listen, tickets are on sale now. The show is at the Met uh, January 19th, and uh, you can get those now. But uh, it's great to, to catch up with the show. I'm happy things are going well with the um, uh, the solo comedy tour and all that. Anything we need to keep an eye on down the road for? Maybe a book or any any other kind of projects you're eyeballing? Or right now, just stand up and we'll yeah. see what happens later? Yeah, I mean, I've got my podcast, Two Cool Moms, that we talked about. I do with Steve Byrne, which has been a lot of fun to do. And uh, you can check that out. Um, but also, I, I do have, yeah, I have a kid's book actually coming out. Um, I did a kid's book last year, and it'll be coming out uh, later on um, next year uh, based on a story with my son. It's uh, got illustrated by a really cool illustrator, and I'm excited about it. So, okay, well. I thought because of the way you traumatized your kid, I thought it'd be like uh, crime scene photos in the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if That's you- the second one. I had to soft serve it. I had to get in the door first with Penguin. When it comes out, reach back out. We'd love to help you promote that as well. So amazing! You guys are always great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You got it, Joe Gatto, guys. And uh, like I said, the shows at the Met. uh, Tickets available. uh, TheMetPhilly.com. It's not till January nineteenth. Now, while Joe was doing that uh, that little message, uh, life sucks, sucks harder. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) I have uh, a couple other things. I have a couple short outs I'd like to do. I got this nice uh, email from uh, Julie Hancock uh, who reads out and uh, she said, I was wondering if you could give a shout out, uh, give a big birthday shout out to my daughter, Madeline. Uh, turns 15 today. Uh, I listen to your show every morning, and so does she when she's in the car with me. And uh, I'm also an avid PNS YouTuber. Oh. And I think it'd be so cool if she got to hear her name on the radio for her birthday. And if it's later on the show when she's in school, I can always replay the YouTube clip for her. Uh, she's a really hard worker. She goes to uh, GCIT High School for dance mm-hmm. and also takes honors classes. And then she tells me how hard she works throughout the day. But she says, But she you're has- not buying it. 
excellent taste in music. Her playlist is full of Nirvana, Chili Peppers, Beatles, Blue Oyster Cult, and many more amazing <laughs> rock bands. Wow. Uh, she said, Maddie, I love you, kiddo, and I hope your B-Day is as wonderful as you are. And then she goes, oh, and please tell Kyle and all my YouTube buddies, finger up. They'll totally know what it means. Ray John, and thanks to everyone on the show for making our mornings awesome. And then she signs it, Julie Jerkoff. Oh, <laughs> so, Thank you. Julie Jerkoff. That's a... Forgive me, Kirkoff. Maddie. <laughs> that's a shout, a shout out for uh, Madeline. Maddie. Preston, Maddie. She's, yes, she's watching her right now. And, oh. and her screen name is quite literally Julie Jerkoff. Oh, nice. Julie <laughs> Jerkoff. She just goes, oh, my Forgive God. Forgive me, Kirkoff. <laughs> I love Fingers it. Fingers up. Fingers up. Whatever that means. Okay. Uh, and then, Julie Jerkoff. Excuse me. Kirkoff. Uh, so one more. It says, good morning to see you, Presbo. Uh, my name is Dan, and I was hoping to get a big juicy shout out for my wife, Stacy, on her birthday. It's October 31st. I'm doing it now. Uh, we podcast the show every day, and a shout out would really make her day. Keep it in nooch. And, of course, Gadzooks. Oh, that kind of rhymes. I like that. Keep it in nooch. And, of course, Gadzooks. That's not bad at all. I know. I love that. Come on, man. My my friend is adopting a senior cat from a shelter, and the cat's name is Gadzooks, and she's like, I am changing the cat's name. What? I know. I was like, what? Why? She's like, no. (laughs) By the way, by the way, on on this uh, show, Lessons in Chemistry, there's a dog. The dog's name is 630. (laughs) I love that. It's because the dog wakes her up every morning at 630. I love that. Pretty great. I love, love, love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to take a break. Stay with us. If you think Jackie Bam Bam is colorful on the radio, just wait till you see him in this year's Mummers Parade. MMR's beloved nighttime host once again struts his stuff down Broad Street in Philly's New Year's Day tradition. So if you're heading downtown, cheer him on. If your plans include the couch and nursing a hangover, well, then text MUMMER to 39333. We'll text you a link and let you know the how and when to catch Jackie on TV. Plus, check out a gallery of Jackie Bam Bam's award-winning MUMMER costumes from the station that loves being a Philadelphia tradition, too. 93. Three WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. Last couple days we've uh, mentioned this. We had a, actually a lengthy conversation about it earlier uh, today, but um, there was a, uh, just to reiterate this and bring it up to me because we have a guest on the line uh, at the Eagles game over the weekend, uh, a fan uh, passed out and it seemed to be pretty serious. Yes, it was. A uh, person was turning blue. There's some blood involved and all and uh, stopped breathing. Uh, but fortunately, there were two people uh, nearby that were able to help and it just so happened that one of them was wearing a pink dress and painted face uh, because he's a mummer. And uh, we wanted to get these two together because one's a nurse, one's a doctor. Uh, this person uh, who was uh, the victim in this case is is recovering. And yes. it's got a great ending to it. Uh, so some music, please. Yes. He came straight from the Mummers Parade. We would like to welcome both Nurse Natalie Spencer and Dr. Vincent Basia. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. You guys are joining us via Zoom, so we can see you for a moment there. And you guys were chatting back and forth. Is this the first time you guys have had a chance to speak since uh, the game? Yes, it is. Nice. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, first time. Glad we could bring you guys back together. First of all, Natalie, where do you work as a nurse? 
I am director of nursing at Sanatoga Center in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Oh, you're the director? Oh, no. Right. Oh, That's oh, top-level oh. talent there that, that helped this poor person. And then, uh, doctor, how about you? Where do you uh, work? Uh, I'm an emergency medicine resident at uh, Einstein in North Philadelphia. Okay, right. an emergency medicine. Okay, so are you? that means you're in the ER, I assume, right? Yes, yes. We need to pitch the show now. So, Oh, yeah, go ahead, Steve. (laughs) Okay, so I had this idea, and you guys, listen, if you want to be part of the script writing process, we can work on it together. But it is Mummer ER, Mummer with the ER, (laughs) and I'm figuring like uh, like the next step for ER where everyone has to dress as mummers. Because if you stop and think about it, if you have a dramatic experience, what is more upbeat and and, and likely to contribute to your recovery than mummers music and parading around? (laughs) Think about it. You don't have to commit to it now. All right, so this must have been uh, pretty wild uh, because, you know, in fact, walk us through the beginning. Well, first of all, uh, Dr. Vincent, which uh, group are you with? Which uh, mummers crew? Uh, I walk with Cara Leone. They're one of the uh, Wench Brigades. One of the Wench Brigades. All right. So uh, you're not in a string band. You don't perform. You uh, you don't play any instruments or anything like that. No, I don't play any instruments or anything. I just kind of you know come out the day and walk around. That's <laughs> open heart massage. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, Natalie, walk us through because you were the first uh, to the person who was having the episode. Well, walk us through what happened, and then we'll we'll take it over when uh, over to Vince when when he got there. Sure. Um, I, it was sometime during the second quarter, I had heard some, a little commotion going on behind me. Um, initially I didn't realize it was an emergency. I thought, you know, Philadelphia Eagles game was going on. There were a decent amount of Saints fans in our section, but the sound of the commotion changed and I peeked over my shoulder and noted that there was a man laying on the steps um, on his back with his feet up at the top of the steps, his head at towards the bottom, all his weight on his head. Uh-huh. Uh, initially, I thought head injury. Um, I asked my son, I turned to my son. I said, you need to stay here. I'm going to run up there and see if I can help him. Um, I got about halfway up to him and he started turning blue by the time I got to him. He wow. was... Basically purple. Wow. Um, and it was, I mean, he was only maybe roughly 10 rows behind me. So that quickly he turned color. Okay. So as, as you work your way over there, I would imagine people are standing around going, oh, what the hell's going on? Did you have to, did you have to come in and announce, hey, I'm a nurse. Let me take a look at him. I'd say about halfway in my run up the steps, somebody yelled, we need somebody medical. And as I'm running, I yelled, I'm a nurse. Okay. All right. And so you, you start, did you start getting to work on him or are you just assessing before Dr. Vincent came along? Honestly, I couldn't do anything because he was still on his head. Okay. Um, you know, I was looking up at the people and I'm, I'm yelling, we need to get him off his head. Yeah. I don't think anybody wanted to touch him because, you know, he's on his head. They're probably thinking neck injury. Right. Um, Nobody did anything until Vincent made his way up there. Okay. And he said, I'm a doctor. We need to get him off his head. So you hear, I'm a doctor. We need to get him off his head. And then you turn around, you see man with a pink face. (laughs) (laughs) With a pink and orange face. Uh, Did you ask to see any credentials? You must be from Mum ER. (laughs) No, I mean, it was Mummer's Day. Yeah, right, right. So, and and I'm a nurse. I've worked with doctors my whole career and other people outside of work. So, I'm 
I'm sure phased everybody else. It, it didn't phase me. I, I don't know if I said it out loud or just in my head, but I know all I was thinking was, thank God, yeah, like somebody's here to help. Oh, well, that's awesome. I mean, you, you, you I'm sure you would have handled the situation fine. You know, you're, you're a trained uh, medical professional. I can't get anything on this skirt. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what, what did you do uh, when you, when you walked into the situation and how did you find out, uh, doc, that uh, something was going on, by the way? Yeah, so I was I was like a couple more rows down too. Um, you know, I was you know, I've been like a diehard Eagles fan my whole life, so yeah. I was pretty locked into the game at this point. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend was with at the time. Um, you know, I think at, at some point, like you said, in the second quarter, she starts like kind of hitting on my shoulder, uh, and she's like, "Hey, like I think something's going on up there. Maybe you should like go check it out." Because you know, same as Ellie said, I'd like you know, it's kind of blowing it off at first because noise happens all the time at the Eagles games, right? Um. So then I kind of, you know, I, I ran up there. Um, I kind of get there. I said, now he's already there. Uh, and that's like, you know, I, I introduced myself. I think, you know, a lot of security was huddled around him really didn't believe me. I don't think at first I think I'd do like a little convincing or like, you know, just got to say it again. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a hard sell at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know this doesn't look like this, but I'm actually a doctor. Uh, you know, like rainbow face paint, pit vipers, the whole nine. Like you know, not. A- <laughs> yeah, uh, I would. Yeah, was that even in your mind at, at the time? That well, they or, or because I would imagine you go into uh, you know uh, work mode at that point and maybe forget that you're wearing a pink dress and have an orange face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, after the initial thing, I was like, I know it doesn't look like it, but like I'm a doctor, and then like I, you know, once I kind of saw him, I kind of went into work mode. I mean, everyone was kind of asking, like, do you keep the glasses on the whole time? I was like, I honestly forgot they were on. <laughs> oh All right, so what what did you guys do to get to some of the specifics to uh, to bring this guy around? Vince was on one side. I was in the middle. Somebody else came around the other side. Somebody counted to three. I don't know who. We all moved the man off his head and onto his back. And then what happens? Vince checked his pulse, um, said it was really thready. Okay. He looked at me, said, start compression so they get an AD here. If you need me to, I can take over. Oh, okay. And so uh, you, you, you started administering the, the, the treatment. And we, you, I mean, Vince, the, the good fortune of having a, a nurse right there as well, that, that I mean, it, it was as perfect a timing situation as you could get. You must have been very relieved that uh, Natalie was there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, the, the, that was easily the best part of it there. I mean, you know, you're... This is the first time I've ever done something like this out in the field or anything like that. You know, normally I'm I'm working at a hospital. I have an entire medical staff. You know, multiple nurses, techs. There's like a respiratory. Everyone's there. Right. Uh, so just to have like someone else there that you know, just have someone that could be like you know, kind of cool, calm, and collected. Right. Uh, you know, understand everything that's going on because you know a lot of the other people are kind of like you know, quiet or you know, a little little nervous or something like that around there. So to just have somebody else that's kind of in the same mode as I am and able to kind of help them out was was perfect. So so directing her to do the the chest compressions was that so. That that you could mo- monitor what vitals you were able to get on the on the person. Yeah, I mean, I, I had her start, and I just kind of went through my whole like you know everything I would normally do um, in in like the hospital. Um, you know, kind of checking everything out, um, monitoring. You know, making seeing his breathing's getting better, see if the color is getting better. 
uh, you know, trying to feel for for a pulse still. Um, right. we, you know, it was we were a little unsure on the pulse, you know, but you know what, what we had in the, uh, there, you know, we have like somebody who's really not breathing that well. He's blue in the face. He's not moving. A questionable pulse. You know, without all the equipment, it's better to uh, err on the side of caution for that and just kind of start doing everything we can for him. Is is kind of where we started from there. How long were you guys with him before uh, some of the uh, medical professionals that were working that day got there? Uh, I'd say like, you know, like now there's doing CPR for about like a minute and a half, two minutes. Okay. I, I kind of jumped in for like maybe another minute. And then he, he started coming around at that point. Yep. Um, you know, the color came back in his face, everything like that. I would say that, um, you know, roughly about you know, 10 minutes, maybe I feel like they got there by the time, like the yeah. paramedics, something like that, like okay. 10 minutes, I would say since, since everything started. And as he it's, came, as he came around, what was the first thing that he said? <laughs> he he asked for the score of the Eagles game. <laughs> what did you say to him? I I was I was like I'm not worried about that right now. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. might kill you. I, I'm sorry if yeah. I, if this yeah, was already yeah. uh, disclosed, but do we know what the diagnosis was? Like what um what happened? What happened? We do, but you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Out of respect for the family. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, just give us his PIN number, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. The, uh, um, uh, now, I, I, I do have a question because you guys were at a football game. You had been at the parade. It's a long day. Let's just say you're a medical professional and you've had a few beers at that particular moment, and which wouldn't be uh, as long as you're not on call yeah. out of the ordinary to relax and have a good time. And you see an emergency take place. Uh, is it... Uh, are you hesitant to step in and help out if you've been uh, inebriated before and not necessarily in this particular case? No, it sobers up. It sobers you up. Really. Okay. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. It, uh, it's definitely like a very sobering moment. I mean, you know, there is. Yeah, it's it really puts you in the work mode pretty quick. I would imagine the rule is if you can help, help. I mean, you, you just call 911, get me a vodka and coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did you get any like, did you get a drink or something for free after you yeah. saved that man's yeah. life? They didn't get they no. No, I actually spilled my beer no. when I placed it down the run up after him. That is no, we got it. No, I, I you know what? I'm, I'm doing this right now. I'm, I'm going to give you, by the way, Natalie, I'm going to give you a case of Voodoo Ranger Fruit Force IPA. <laughs> so we, we're going to give you a case of beer. All right. <laughs> now, I would also recommend that, uh, you know, any adult out there, especially if you're a parent, new parent, or whatever. Get certified in CPR. It's yep. the, the class. I mean, it's a Saturday afternoon. You can get certified CPR first aid. You can uh, dress like a mummer. Yeah, we did that. I lived on a, a cul-de-sac, and and we had a CPR instructor come to our house. And it was me and my neighbors. It's it's not a bad thing to just know how to know how to do. Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's and it's really not. It's not that difficult. How often do you have to get recertified? It's like every CPR couple was like, years? CPR was every year or every two years, is it? <laughs> every two years. Right, and Natalie says two. Yeah. First okay. aid was like four. Um, at least that's when, when because, I was a lifeguard, which I always thought was weird because CPR is easier to remember than first aid. Okay. there's a lot of first aid that you need to know. By the way, Natalie, with CPR, the most, because uh, I, I took it years ago, but they, they say now mainly to focus on the chest compressions and not necessarily mouth to mouth, correct? Correct. Yeah. They used to teach us ABCs. Now it's now it's CAB. So oh, really? circulations yeah. first. Keep the circulation going. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Well, you guys did a great thing. Um, has have you had a chance to speak to the uh, the person that was incapacitated and that you helped out yet? I I haven't. 
um, I just I spoke with the the family. Okay. Um, all right, we hope they're doing well. Let's see, we haven't heard anything, so obviously yeah. you, you can't betray, but you know, but uh, that's the word, which is wonderful. You guys did a wonderful thing, and, and uh, I think all of this, this cluster, these events, have convinced a lot of people. I know I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Is to just get up to speed on what you should do when someone is in distress like this. So, and obviously, the best thing to do is get a professional if you can get that. And you guys were, yeah. you, you were at the right uh, place at the right time. So that's awesome. By the way, there's uh, somebody text in said that uh, you guys were invited by Darius Slay's wife to be her guest at the Eagles game. Is that true? So there's, go- I mean, there's a Twitter thread. We yeah. both responded. So. Okay. All right, yeah, because I saw it. Yeah, yeah wait, she's wait looking for your back. contact. Uh, yeah. yes. All right. I actually reactivated my Twitter for it. I hadn't been on Twitter for like four or five years. Uh, and by the way, uh, Dr. Vincent, you were dressed, or I should say Dr. Basile, you were dressed as a mummer. What, what are they... Calling you at the ER now. Have you gotten any nicknames from that event? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a lot of Dr. Bummer now. Dr. <laughs> Bummer. Well, the Mummers like have that. to be proud as hell. Look at it. You know, you're, you're now in the pantheon of Mummers. Yeah, they're they're excited for the Mummers. I mean, you know, we uh, get a lot of negative news the last couple of years. Mostly all of it's been negative. So it's nice to get uh, some positive news out there for the Mummers. Absolutely. <laughs> and Natalie, real quick, uh, you don't have to answer this if you don't. Too. How's your son? Because that can be sort of a traumatic experience for a child. Is is he okay? He is. Um, I I asked him the next day or two days later, you know, just kind of do a little check in and how do you feel about everything that happened? And he said, well, I'm kind of sad and I'm kind of happy. And I said, well, what makes you sad? And he said, well, the man, you know, the man was hurt. And right. He needed help. And and the Eagles lost. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> but on the happy side, while you were away, he had his first beer. So that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why it was spilled. <laughs> but he was happy watching you in action and help out, I assume. He was happy that the end result was that the man is okay. Oh, that's great. That's so awesome. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, you guys are great. Yep, great job. Thank you guys for checking in this morning and, and have fun at that game you eventually get to go to, okay? <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you. Let's Thank you. Thanks for having us. Natalie Yay! and Vincent. Happy ending outside of the game at the Eagles. That game this last week. Did you think cool. about three... Pretty profound stories that are one right after another having good turnouts. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that's, so you figure, so how did 2023 start off? There was a, a bunch of bad stuff, but that immediately rebounded. Turned around, yeah. So yeah, okay. that's a positive. That's a good way to look at that. Are you saying the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Me and Paige Baranek. Paige Baranek. I listen to everything she says. All right, so it's kind of sore. It's Friday, so okay. we're, we're definitely going to do. It's time for the Friday. It's kind of sore. <laughs> this time, none of the equipment's working, and we're going to eat Eagles. All right, so yeah, that's the story. <laughs> on, on top of uh, the standard stories, which we're going to get to this morning, uh, we are going to sample some of Nick Mom's meatloaf. Ah! Yes, we are. <laughs> Part of the reason is because uh, Kathy and Casey both hate meatloaf. Double beatloaf. Double beatloaf, which um, in history. I, it, meatloaf, meatloaf, double beatloaf. I hate meatloaf. All right, don't take any over to Kathy yet. Not yet. Okay, because we're going to blind. Oh, Kathy okay. wanted to do a blind taste test. Okay. Mm. See if she could tell the difference, because not only did we get meatloaf uh, this morning, but. Meatloaf sandwich. 
Um, but we have meatballs, too. So Nick's mom, Betsy, yeah. made meatloaf and meatballs. And and I told Kathy that they're very similar. That me, and you like meatballs, right? I do you, like meatballs. You like meatballs. I do. I like meatballs. <laughs> uh, but um, I think you're going to be able to tell the difference between these. We're going to do a blind taste okay. test. I because I, the, I, I, I didn't know that there was going to be marinara and sauce yeah, and stuff like that. I tell so. my mom makes them. So okay. uh, she'll make the meatballs in the pan, and then she lets them uh, simmer and cook more in the uh, the pasta sauce sure. and the tomato sauce. My mom is uh, half Italian. She's a really good cook. She is. She's very excited about this segment today. She's watching live on YouTube oh uh, to be able to check in. So hi, Betsy. Hi, Love Betsy. you, Mom. Hi, hi Betsy Preston uh, for Kathy's Meatballs. Raisins or no raisins? Well, do no raisins if we're going to do the taste test because yeah. otherwise I'll know they're meatballs. But then we're going to have a raisin one for you to try. Yeah, because I well. never tried the, one, yeah. the meatballs you, with raisins. You like raisins. I do yeah. like raisins. Yeah. So, <laughs> raisins in it. so you're trying them now, Press? I'm going to. I'm yeah. diving oh, right, yeah. right in. Are you starting with the meatloaf? Or I'm the... having. I, 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 Come on. My mouth has been ready for meatloaf all morning. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. Um, it's nice and sweet. She made it yesterday. Like yeah. Uh, so it was it was quite literally hot out of the oven when I picked it up from her yesterday. And then uh, I put it in the fridge overnight. Marissa just heated it up in the microwave. So it's not fresh right. out the oven, but I think it's pretty damn good. Meatballs are excellent. All right. She's got the two for Kathy to All try. Right. Uh, close your eyes, though. Uh, just close my eyes, yeah. All right. So um, Marissa, are you open oh, your you mouth. It's the choo-choo yeah. train. Here it comes. Oh, I hate you. All right, here we go. Oh, no, Half of it oh, fell no, on the no, floor. Do not pick that up off of the floor. Oh, okay. There's some I'm left. <laughs> There's some right. left. All right, open your mouth. All right, let's see what you think. Okay. Kathy is, she's she's eating it, and she shook her head slightly, just Kathy a little bit. realize that's the office mouse we've been trying to get. Okay, now, do you want to try you, <laughs> the um, other one to compare it? Yeah. Okay, she made a kind of a grimace. It's a little bit. All right, go ahead. Open your mouth. There we go. Mm. That's the meatball, 100%. Which one? The second one. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, she did it. Uh, she did now, it. I pressed him, might have given it away because he said the one thing was sweet. And I wasn't sure if that yeah, uh, no. played in uh, your... And I didn't, even, I didn't even think the meatloaf was that sweet. I just mm. didn't like it. Smoky bacon. You know what, though, for me, like, Mm. I think part of it is that, like, whatever the no, the glaze and like all of that 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 goes into making. I'm having a meatloaf. Also, for the record, it stems from my mom's meatloaf, which you did not like. It was terrible. She is not a good. Oh no, Casey, it's where I get it from. Okay, only sluts eat meatballs. Listen, I always, my mom is Irish, and I always say she, you know, they grew up on uh, meat and potatoes, like yeah. very Boiled. bland. Yeah, <laughs> very, exactly. Very bland food. And my Italian grandmother passed away when I was a kid, when I was a baby. So uh, I didn't really get any cooking instruction. This is all wonderful. Yeah, she's a she's a really good cook. She's very happy, Steve, that you like it. And um, I love the I do love the raisins and the meatballs. I'm so, trying the meatball with the raisins. All right, and so um, to that point, Kathy, somebody texted in saying, "I don't understand why on earth somebody would put raisins and meatballs and not being mean. It just doesn't make any sense to me." And I understand that uh, confusion, but uh, for my mom and for mm. the people that do put raisins in meat, meatballs, it does add a little bit of sweetness, and then obviously there's the texture that goes along with the raisins I, as well. I never had it before your mom. And do you have a preference, Steve, when it comes to? Do you uh, like, I'm going to go with the raisins. So you like the ones. I, like raisins. <laughs> you like raisins, don't you? Uh, but you like, do you prefer the ones with raisins to the ones without? Honestly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Preston, what do you have now? I'm trying everything. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, the meatballs are fantastic. They're really um, good, right? Yeah. Is there, but- um, is there oatmeal in this meatloaf? <laughs> I don't know. Is there- 
You know what, Casey? I'll, I'll get the recipe. Maybe we can post that, too. But there is, um, she does, uh, like when she makes a, a turkey for Thanksgiving, she puts bacon across the top of the meatloaf, and that uh, adds a little bit of flavor as well as some fat, some juices into it. Bacon. So right. Bacon is a, uh, really, there's not much you can't put bacon on to improve it. Casey, I, are, I, you, are you eating the meatloaf? I am. It's not bad. I'm eating everything. Uh, oh, how about that? Yeah. Uh, I do like the raisins and the meatballs. All right. That's good. And do you have a preference? Um... No, uh, I could do either one. They're both great. Yeah, the meatloaf she, is excellent. Not Kathy, raisins. Oh uh, no, I'm sorry. I took a bite of the meatloaf. I, <laughs> the, the meatballs are delicious. Got no, I, I I stick with. I don't like meat. I just don't like right, meatloaf. Not for you. I, this meatloaf is really good. That's okay. We got one potential convert in Casey. Somebody pretend like you've never had meatloaf before and you love it. Now go ahead, Nick. Oh man, do I love meatloaf? Okay, so we have you and Casey, but no Kathy, and that means. Two out of three ain't bad. Oh, oh my God. So I just wanted to have you a wanted symmetry to that. Right. Uh, on that. Table. And it is meatloaf. <laughs> it is meatloaf. Yeah. All right. Well, yay. Meatloaf is a comfort food. Yeah. Right. It is an absolute comfort right. food. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Summer night. Oh, no. you when you eat food? your meatballs, <laughs> will they contain raisins? Offer yes. me his mouth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> will he offer me? Will they have oatmeal in them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> will there be raisins in yes. them? Yes. <laughs> On a hot summer night when you're eating meatballs? Yes. <laughs> and does he love raisins in his meatballs? Hot summer. They used to show this video before Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. And, so, and that's uh, Steinman. Who's, that's yes, who's, who's doing that. I bet you say that to all the boys. To all the Italians. <laughs> Uh, just because they were they were like uh, very theatrical okay. in, in their and life that, performances. That's, we, yeah, the whole description of of uh, Jim Steinman's approach to rock because he kind of considered himself more of a Broadway show yep. writer. You know exactly. Steve, uh, last thing, Preston. I'm sorry, but uh, my mom says um, they're in the glade, top of the meatloaf. Uh, Got to be sugar in there. Ketchup and brown sugar. Ah, okay. yeah. yeah. Excellent, yeah. excellent, excellent. So I will, uh, I'll ask her to email me the recipe, and I'll send that to Marissa, and we'll get that posted. Very nice. Good. All right, we'll be back in just a second. No sad bro. Stay with us. Yeah, we want to go for a ride in the car. Our tail is so wagging right now. Take us along with the MMR app. It's Apple CarPlay and Android compatible, which means we get to sit in the dashboard screen. We'll even send you notifications if you want. Download it and try it now. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back. And this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swooping and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at Acme Swooping and Win Game.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles.
Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Philadelphia loves this guy. We love him. We'd love to see him, but he can't work his Zoom correctly. <laughs> Dave Attell is yeah! on the show. Hi, Dave. Hey, uh, how's it going? I apologize. I, I don't seem to be able to, like, get the uh, video going. It's no problem. We can hear you loud and clear. Yeah, That's sound, all that matters. You sound okay. good. How you doing, man? I'm all right. I mean, uh, it's been a while, so... I'm excited to get back down there to the uh, club. That's why uh, I don't know what's going on, but we're ending the show. So how cool is that? Yeah, listen, you're, uh, people love you here. We love you, you know, and, and the fact that you can fill up those shows and the fact that you take time to come on with us, because I guarantee you that Thursday slot will sell out quickly. Uh, you have you never took really. Did you take a, 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 any sort of substantive hit? I mean, obviously, COVID, you know, as far as a, a touring impact, but you seem to still do a lot of stuff even during that time. It's not like you lost a lot of ground. Am I right or am I misperceiving that? Well, I um, had to cancel a lot of uh, of my um, tours overseas, you know. Right, right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't, you don't, you tour don't overseas. I used to do all those, um, you know, um, uh, all those airports and stuff like that. <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I'd say that the touring has never been better. Ah. Uh, last year it started once they started opening everything up and it was definitely this kind of like almost like um it, it, it was it, it was like one of those things where it was like um uh running with the bulls where like the crowd was ahead of the comics like they couldn't wait to come out you know well yeah but, but also you do a ton of, of uh, voiceover animated stuff you're you know you're, you're working on a number of shows um you know there's obviously uh, film stuff so your 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 dance card is pretty full well I don't know whose Wikipedia you're looking at, but <laughs> I, um, yeah, no, I'm a club guy, and I uh, that's why I really like the Philly Club because it's really classic. You know, it's just the right uh, size, and it's also, um, you know, it's downtown, and now like it's very rare to actually play a club that's downtown. So it's always fun to be actually in the town you're like playing. You know, instead of like yeah, out on a route or like you know three counties over. You know, <laughs> right. no, I, I, I it's it's a fantastic club, and I always say it puts me in mind of. Uh, Caroline's, which has is is closing or has it officially closed now, Dave? Yes, uh, New Year's was the last uh, shows, and I was the uh, last person, I guess, to headline, and uh, it was very sad. It was really like very, very, very sad. And uh, Caroline was there, and uh, all the um, you know the staff and like a lot of people who have been. You know, uh, you know, a lot of your comics all came by and I had to put them all on because, you know, it's like everybody wanted to like be on the stage one last time. So it was it was it was sad, but it was also a lot of fun because the crowds, a lot of them had seen me there that week for years and years and years, because that was like the week between Christmas and New Year's. So it was kind of like part of their holiday tradition. Uh, That's awesome. I was like. 
you know, you know, it, it was definitely. I don't know. I kind of feel now how the band on the Titanic felt. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to stop playing. <laughs> Near my God to thee, exactly. uh, Dave. I've seen you. I've seen you in small settings. Uh, you you were um, uh, gracious enough and, and generous enough to to play for us at the uh, the Camp Out for Hunger, our, our annual food drive. And that's a small setting. I've seen you in small clubs. And, I, I, and I've seen you in a theater setting. I, I saw you in Boston at the Wilbur Theater. And I've also I've seen comedy in a big arena. And so I know you said you prefer these smaller clubs, but, um, you know, have you ever played a giant arena like a Wells Fargo Center or anything like that? And what is that like for you? Uh, that's a that's a good question. I, I played um, the Madison Square Garden. We, they uh, do the benefit for the uh, 9-11. Right. And I got to be a part of like one of like many, many comics. That's John Stewart, Charity, uh, Pete. Pete Davidson, there was a lot of uh, big names there. Dave Chappelle, of course, closed it. But it was cool to, like, actually be in that room. And it's amazing how, like, it's so big, but yet the acoustics, I don't know how they set it up. It really felt great. You could feel the crowd coming right back at you. So it was definitely, like, one of those moments, like, you know, like, wow, man, this is, like, you know, like, deep purple. Like, (laughs) this is crazy. But I have one more Caroline thing for you guys is that we always were talking, like, well, what are they going to do here? I mean, like, this is a weird space. You go down these steps and, like, basically. So I guess they're opening a ping pong place there. Uh, you can open one of these like ping pong bars. It's Sarandon's so, place. Susan right? Sarandon yeah. is like huge yeah. into that. Is it one of hers? Yeah, that's what I read. I think it is. Yeah. So we have to play it. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> you can shoot the balls at us, whatever they want to do. How's your How's your ping pong game? Is it good? I guess it'll get better because that's where the work is. You got to go where the work is. But it's weird how like. You know, you're like, well, what else could, like, pay this kind of rent? This is right in Midtown. You're like, of course, ping pong, you know. I don't know how much they're paying per ball or per paddle or per hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm ca- surprised it wouldn't be a pickleball joint. That's really been right. taken off. Yeah, well, there you go. That's if you really want to make money, yeah. you know. Is, is, is there any intent for, I, and I we didn't get the full story. I know that the original location was closing, but is there plans to, to go anywhere else, or is this done and done? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Caroline's put her heart and soul in the whole thing. And, um, you know, for years and years, decades, actually, you know, because I was like originally when I was a young comic, I was on the uh, Caroline's uh, Comedy Hour. That was like their cable. I think it was on A&E. Wow. And we were all writers on the show. We got to do sketches. And the hosts were Colin Quinn, who's still a, a role model of mine, and uh, Richard Jenny, who no longer is with us. But it was funny how, like, we talked about that on stage a little bit. And, you know, she told us about, you know, just so many great comics have been there. So, you know, the memorabilia alone in the club, you know, like that alone, like she should definitely, I think yeah. to bring up some of it to the Comedy Museum upstate. So, would it ever be worth it for you to open up a comedy club, Dave? I don't know. I, you got to get the right people yeah. involved. Um, do you have the number of that FDX guy? You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's got funding. Yeah, yeah. He's got tons uh, of I don't funding. know what I'm doing, and I'm too old to like. I, I wouldn't know what I'm doing. It's so easy to go in. Like you take it for granted. You go in. You know, the lights are on. There's heat, and like you do your show, and yep. then you know. Hopefully you get paid and you leave, you know, whereas the people have to be there day after day. You know, that's a whole different story. But when I was younger, I always wanted to open a bar. Who didn't? You know? Yeah. 
Um, well, yeah. I dodged that bullet. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To me, it's like it's like having rental properties. There's there's just there's there's a nightmare with all that stuff and handling that all. And I I think it, it, it I think it would just eventually. I mean, obviously, you you are not. I mean, you're one of my absolute favorite standups. You're just a state of the art, and I listen. I, I default to your material all the time when I put on stuff. Um, and uh, to me. You have a pure love of it, and anytime you you get to or you have to be involved in the in the nuts and bolts, it starts to extract the joy from it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I, I think uh, you know I kind of know my place in the business, and um, there's some guys who like you know like guys with way more money than me who like um, open restaurants, and that usually kind of goes south pretty quick because you got to be there every day. You can't just go like. Hey, I'll get a cousin to do this. Or, right. you know, mm-hmm. he's a friend of mine from college that seems to know what he's doing. You got to be there. But I, I still enjoy doing the shows. And I think that the crowds, especially like, um, you know, since the uh, opening of everything, the crowds have been like way cooler and stronger on the road. I'd say that like sensitivity factor, you get that like in New York, you know, maybe some uh, West Coast. But the majority of the people, they're out. They get it. They want to have fun. You know, like my crowd's always particularly good that way like you know especially like philly dc i'll be in uh magoobies as well that's uh outside of baltimore you know i'm I'm playing like a lot of the um east coast for now and then working my way west but a lot of it has to do with just um things are open and uh you know people are coming out and, yeah you know let's hope the economy holds up you know i walk every day get up i check the weather and the price of gas just, <laughs> yes. you know? hey, yeah that's pretty Dave, much it yeah if you mentioned uh some people have uh you know hit the uh hit the money train and uh you you are revered by comedians uh and and people have had tremendous amount of success and and uh so so your your legend is is set in this world but there are some people who all of a sudden for whatever reason connect and they hit this this big money, this cash cow. And I'm curious what it's like for some comedians who don't quite attain that level. And if you see somebody who you know hit it and you're like, hey, that's great for you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm always for, um, you know, I'm not really competitive or anything like that. I mean, I know what I'm doing and I do what I do. And I guess that's kind of the the way I've always been, uh, you know, like kind of going through this uh, process is just it's my own game. And like, you know, you can you can look at the other players, but really it's like how 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 you, you know, shoot the ball. But there's a, definitely there's definitely a lot of money to be had. Uh, but there also is like, uh, you know, for a comic who makes big money, we're always all for it when it's like. Okay guy out of the uh you know like the world i guess you could say the uh digital world yeah you see this tiktoker over here this guy who's balancing something on his you know on his head this guy you know is like a hundred million hits and he's making all this kind of money and you're like wow you know that's crazy that's amazing so i never thought i'd live to see something like that you know yeah yeah and it's it's, it's kind of wild it's funny that we we were talking to, to a couple of people like you know and and uh, the people over at helium and and you know that sometimes they'll bring in these youtube people or whatever and yes. and, and they find out in short order that uh, uh, there's a difference between talking into your phone and talking to a room full of people who've paid to see you and it it, it can sure. be very sobering yeah, it's different doing it live in front of the audience than actually doing it to the, I guess you could say the metaverse people. But they seem to like, you know, they draw their crowd. I don't know if their crowd, you know, gets it or not, because not only uh, is the comic a little shaky in person, it's also the uh, the audience. You know, there's a lot of people who, you know this as well as me, is that like, you know, they get most of their news and entertainment like online. So when they actually come out, 
you know, it kind of like shakes them. You know, they're like, what's going on? Here? I can't believe I can't. I can't fast forward or something yeah. like that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. On, on another note, um, uh, Davis, anytime anything comes up in, in, the, in the classic porn realm or the name pops up or, you know, uh, uh, sure. Preston and I will chuckle. The story recently, I don't know if you saw about Ron Jeremy, um, they, the, in his lawsuits, uh, they've determined that he has dementia. Did yeah. you see this? Does he, he, does he have classic dementia? Because, um, you know, my mom has dementia and that's like, I know we're, we're leading in a different direction, but I will say one thing about dementia is that it is different for every person. Right. So, so I'll say right now, like dementia is, I don't know if you've ever spent time with somebody with yes, dementia. Yeah. Very weird. And, uh, with my mom, who, who is still a sweetheart, thank God her personality hasn't changed. She will offer me a cup of coffee a hundred times. Right now. Like, it's really one of these things where it's like, you know, is this some kind of form of interrogation? Like, <laughs> but then I have to answer differently every time. So she has to think I'm making fun of her. I'll right. be like, you know what? No, I don't think I should. Or like, yeah. Oh, God, I just had one. You know, like I right. have to like come up with different ways of saying no. Yeah, I, I don't know what type uh, that uh, that Ron has or not, but both the uh, in this legal suit that he's in, uh, both the prosecution and the defense have said, yeah, he's uh, he's gone. They, they tested him and he's he's got that. Oh, that's that's a shock. Yeah. I would say anybody who has to take care of somebody with dementia, you know, um, God bless, because uh, no one seems to care about us. And that is a really rough ride. So any of these people, my fans or whoever's listening, who have to take care of adults with uh, that. My sister's a real angel. You know, I really just pay the bills and go out there. But honestly, that is a rough, rough situation. It's one of those things where, like, when you're younger, you know, and you're with your parents and you're like, you know, one day I'll take care of you. But you're not thinking it's going to be something like this. Right, you know? right. You know? Yeah, no. You know, you don't see that like when you're a little kid. You have no idea like what it is. So. No, I thank God every day. My my dad's 94 and he's a, you know super sharp. And that that really above all else, if you can maintain that, um, you know That's that. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, his ability to recall things exceeds mine. And uh, you know, he's he's amazing. So that that's what you always want. It's a, it's a quality of life issue. How, how old is your mom, Dave? She's, um, well, now I'll put a joke out there. She's 48. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's 87. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, you know, every day is a different day, but I will just say that, like, uh, you know, you'll see if you come down to the show, I do jokes, a little, some jokes about it, but, but it really is like one of those things where, like, it really does blow your mind how, like, crazy it is to see what happens to people yeah. like that. So, well, I'm going to say is I, and I'm sure you feel the same way too. As you get older, you're like, I think I got this. Cause like, I can't remember anything, you know, like part of my job is to like see something and like put the facts in the, in the joke, you yeah. know, like to make it real and all that. So I like, I'll read something or watch a documentary. I'm like, Oh, that's an interesting topic. And then I'll have to go rewatch it and like write stuff down to like, Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. You know, Neptune, you know, like whatever. It was. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> Neptune. <laughs> really, really a time suck. If you want to know. Yeah. Yes. No, forgetfulness is way different. My mom's going through it right now. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Dave. Well, they say they have some things for it, you know, like um these, these drugs and all that kind of stuff. And I told my sister, I go, no, they don't. They don't got anything. Right. They keep testing them. Like it's really interesting to see like these weird, like I guess you could say, snake oil things that are going on out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, she had trouble sleeping. She was wandering, which is weird. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, you got to put locks on the inside of the door, and people know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't want them to go out or anything like that. So, uh, you know, like I said, like 
you know, I'm not into weed or anything like that, but isn't this like a weed situation? And then, you know, my sister's like, no, the doctor says you can't do anything with weed or, you know, any kind of sleeping stuff because it, uh, their brain, I'm like, really? I mean, honestly, mm. like what more could it do? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's 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 all sorts of I mean, I to go off on a tangent here, but there's all sorts of things like, I, you know, my my mom passed away years ago from lung cancer and, and pain mitigation was completely uh, eluding her. And eventually we I just you know, I've never smoked pot in my life, but I was able to procure pot for her at that time. We're talking decades ago and it, uh-huh. it, it got rid of the pain. So, yeah, it's just it's a bizarre, you know, we're, the, these these hills that they'll die on you know if it's if it's helping people handle their life situation let them do it for sure i totally agree with that and i also think that like um you know i don't know about you guys but uh, i'm sure philly has like it's um dispensaries and things like that like new york was yep. so far behind like we're just i think they got one up now you know most of it is still like you go to a bodega and you have to know somebody that kind of thing but i would say that like there's money to be made in it, and if it can help people, then that's a great thing, you know. And um, hopefully, uh, you know, what can I tell you? Like, you know, it's a new year, so hopefully we'll get through it. You know, there won't be any kind of decline or anything like that. Yeah. It is a stressful thing. You know, like, that's a lot of the reasons why, like, when I travel, it becomes like a whole other thing, having to call and make sure everything's all right, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You make any uh, do you make any plans for the new year? Are you a resolution guy or, or uh, map out, you know, vacations or anything like that at the start of the year to kind of get prepared for it? Well, I don't know about... Um you know, you can't see me, my my camera, so I guess one of my resolutions is buying a new computer. <laughs> it's really working. It's so funny how it's not working. It's like, a, uh, like very mysterious Solomon Rushdie style, like I'm in a secret location. Right. And, uh, I, I, I apologize to the fans because I think it's cool that we're doing it this way, but I guess my resolution is to, like, actually put some more content out there. I never do that, so put some more content out there and, um, you know, kind of get through the year where I can totally, um, you know, start, uh, I mean, it's going to be a lot of road work because that's what I do, but I, I would like to like also have like, you know, a couple of moments where like take a break. So we'll see what happens. You know, well, it's up, you're, it's you're, up to the interest rate. Your so special right. road work is on Netflix, but you did that a while back, right? Yeah, I'm doing another one now. Okay. Well, you I know, have trouble putting stuff out because I feel like jokes are never finished. So, yeah. you know, I really am in, in, indecisive. Oh, know, my God. I, I, I quote your stuff all the time. I mean, your, your stuff is is brilliant. And I'll tell you this. I see it all the time. People bring it up. Um, you know, uh, do you have listen to what is this way? Do you have any desire to stay up all night and do another show? <laughs> because I'm up, I stayed up. I stayed up uh, for this. Uh, I'm always afraid to to, like, you know, I'm going to miss something. So I'll just stay up. But but I have no desire to do any like any any stuff like that. Like I did a couple of uh, I did like a I actually got to be on some interesting shows the last year or so, which like Michael Che's uh, sketch show on HBO. Yeah, that was fun. Amy uh, Schumer show. Like I've done that a couple of times. That's a lot of fun. And uh, Pete uh, Davidson show. uh, Buckus is uh, is is. on, is just starting now too, so that was cool to work with the other comics, especially the younger ones, you know. And I like that. I like, you know, I'm like anything you want me to do, homeless guy, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: anytime we have any comedian through here, and your name comes up, there's there's so much reverence. But the thing they always say about you is that you're 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 very, um, you know, you're you're very encouraging, and and you you always uh, you know you always uh, lend a hand, and and uh, that's a good legacy to have. 
Well, I hope I, you know, uh, you know, that's you guys have been always really good to the comics. And I appreciate that, too, because, you know, this is like I guess you could call this like analog, as they say. This is how it used to be where, you know, the comic would come on and he would, you know, talk to like people who get it. And like you guys are comedy fans and you guys know comedy. Whereas now, like a lot of it is just basically like rando, like web, like just tossing stuff out there. Yeah. So I like this too. You know, this is the way to do it. And thanks for being so um, there for us, the comics. You oh, know? Our you guys really like when I did your benefit, I still look at that as like one of the things of like, when you're going to do something to help people, you got to make it fun and you got to make it big and you got to get a lot of people involved. And I think you guys always hit that. You always oh, hit. Hey, um, when you did do that, um, meeting you, I was like really, really nervous. And uh, be, because I, I do, you know, and I've, I've loved your comedy for, for a number of years now. And, you know, because, and I know you're going to hate the way this sounds, because you're so revered in, in that world. Um, <laughs> Like when you do meet people, like you know, how do you like how does how do you receive that? Because I know you're kind of a humble person, right? When but, he meets fans, yeah. Mean? When when you meet fans or or any comics that are that are coming up, yeah. you're saying how does he process the adoration? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's nice of you to say, but I, I do remember at the actual uh, fun at the food drive that like uh, the biggest joke of the night was like a lot of a lot of people look at me like they wanted to hand me some food. I always like that. But I, I would say that, um, you know, another thing that I always loved about the, the food thing is like. You know, you pick the saddest place to do it. It's like one of those like weird, like, you know, I hate to bring up the migrants, but it felt like that, like this kind of weird, cold, wet. There's never enough light where there's too much light. You know, it's like Red Dawn. It's like the re-education camp. Then you have like that little carnival to take some of the bean out of it. Yeah, you're you're spot on. Ferris wheel hell. But back to your question is like, there's so many new comics. Like I never know who's who. And for a while there, I would never like engage with any of them because I really did think a lot of these people are just reporters like they want to get a book on or a magazine on about the comedy world and they're going to pretend they're a comic and hang out and now I get it that it's just like a ton of new comics and like you know I'm the same as them I don't think I'm any further along or better than them we're all doing spots and I still like at the comedy salon in New York and a lot of your fans come up to the city I go on last I usually am the last guy the old man I'm the last guy because you know that's the hardest and that's really we got to earn it so that's what I do. I'm not, you know, to be honest, every day I'm trying to get better like anyone else. Well, speaking of new comics, uh, one of your openers is, is Ian. Is it Fidance or Fidance? I'm, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce yes, his last name. Ian. Yeah. Yes. I've become a real big fan of his. We had him in studio a month or so ago, and he's a Philly guy, and he's opening for you at Helium uh, next weekend. Um, how did you guys end up hanging out, and, and uh, how many times has he opened for you? Uh, Ian is not really an opener. He's a headliner. Yeah. And um, he's out actually in... Um, uh, Denver, Colorado, right now headlining. So he'll uh, do these gigs with me, and like sometimes it's for like you know the fun of it. Sometimes it's like a new club, and he just wants to get in the door. But uh, I'm lucky to get these guys to come out with me, and we uh, have a lot of fun. You know, I bring in them, I, I, I bring them out, and they all know they can do whatever they want. And like at the end of the show, they come back out, and we kind of go riff and roll with each other, and like um, then we uh, sell some merch, and hopefully we find a place to eat. But yeah. that's about it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I would say that I met Ian. In the New York comedy scene, and like uh, I, I would say, when you talk about like guy who could do so many different things, he's pure energy. Yeah, he definitely 
you know, anybody who's looking to like um, cast a guy in a movie or something like that, like he's he's totally that's the guy. He really is so funny and he's got a great look and he's just like up for anything. So I, I, I he as much as I'm afraid of like promoting, he's like uh, he loves it. He loves to promote. He loves mm-hmm. to be. You know, like um, getting the word out there, video clips, him and his cat. It's kind of weird, but you know, he's that guy. Uh, any chance that you guys now you have to be a promoter? You know, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any chance that you're going to bring back uh, bumping mics? Is that going to uh, come back anytime soon? Oh, I'd love to do more dates with Jeff, but Jeff's so busy too. You know, Jeff was um, actually it was really funny because as I was at Caroline's, he was there weeks earlier, and he did the same thing. He brought on as many comics as he could, and we both said, "Oh, that would have been cool." if we both were in town at the same time because we would have went on each other's shows but we were on the road. But Jeff had like the ultimate gig. Jeff always does these crazy great gigs. For New Year's Eve, he was with Bill Maher in Hawaii and they were playing, I'm sure, like a really cool theater like in a great place and I was like, you know, New York, you know, you're in Times Square and like, you know, you're just basically, you know, bobbing and weaving through COVID (laughs) as like, uh, you know, a million people are walking by. And I was like, wow, Jeff always knows how to do it. And when he doesn't do that, he, he like goes to Europe and they'll do like amazing shows with Chappelle. And like, he's great. I I really think uh, Jeff is a guy you got to see live, you know, whether we're together or not, but yeah, to answer your question, I'd love to do more um, gigs with Jeff. That whole story blew my mind with uh, Ross. He's Jeff did that prison show that, you know, he did the yeah. show in the prison. And now apparently during the show, one of the prisoners he talked to revealed something about a case. Yeah. I, I didn't get the specifics, but I think they reopened the case based on what that prisoner said. Did, 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 did you know anything about this? I don't know. It's very Lindbergh, baby, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a red flag operation or not. But, uh, he's, he's put in there as a plant, yeah. But it's, I, I think that's I think that, that that's kind of like, you know, like of all the people that he could have talked to, that's the guy he talked to. <laughs> right. And knowing Jeff, they'll probably pull him into like a Senate hearing. And have to, like, <laughs> That'd be great. Senators or something. Uh, so you've been up all night. And, and uh, so I wanted to ask about like sleeping during the day. Do you need like blackout curtains or can you sleep in the in the broad daylight? You know, I'm glad you brought up that blackout curtain thing. Because the first guy I knew who ever had them was Jim Norton. And I was like, Jim, how do you get these blackout curtains? And he's like, yeah, man, I can sleep during the day this way. Because, you know, he also has like a weird schedule. He's a radio guy. Too, yeah. So. You know, he's up all in the morning and then he wants to sleep. But I would say that now it's like I've kind of gotten used to just like sleeping without the blackout curtain. I think it's from being in these hotels all the time because sometimes they have it like total like you can't no light. Sometimes it's like you got to put a sock over your eyes. You got to Iranian hostage it. Yeah. And a lunch, lunch time, the, 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 the curtains that actually block out the light don't you pull that stick to move it across and it doesn't go all the way. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really, I, I really think that my calling would have been like reviewing these hotels because <laughs> some of them are amazing, some of them are not. And now there's these boutique hotels. Have you seen these ones? Yes. Yeah. They're the new thing out there, and I'm sure Philly has plenty of them because Philly's always like, a, like, hey, it's an old factory. Let's turn it into like an art gallery where you can also get a colonoscopy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of that going on out there, and it's weird that like. You know, it's creepy. You're coming home late at night. You're walking in a hotel lobby, and there's, like, all this, like, erotic art. And you're like, this is really creepy. Yeah. It's very cool specter, if you ask me. You know, <laughs> I, know, right? I think we found your next, uh, yeah, YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Reviewing the boutique hotels around the country. All right. Well, Dave, uh, it's great to check in with you, man. Thank you so much. Wonderful to have you on. Anytime you want to chat, let us know. Uh, but otherwise, he's going to be a busy man. 
Uh, thanks, Dave. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bud. Hey guys, I hope the next time we uh, we hang, it's in studio because there's nothing like that. Yep. And a, a big shout out, Happy New Year to all the uh, all the fans. You know, for um, uh, first of all, uh, for listening and supporting, and just can't thank you enough. So thank you. All right, you awesome. got to take care, David. Tell guys, yeah. Helium uh, to get the tickets. He's right about the the boutique hotels. I, I there was a time where I thought they were kind of neat. Yeah, I, fun to check out. Wait, why? Yeah, because I still do kind of think they're neat. I they're usually the bed's uncomfortable. They're not the room yeah, is small. They're um, not as good. So yeah. they kind of I guess they use the whole it's a boutique thing. Yes, exactly. To kind they of decorate uh-huh. it, make it look kind of kitschy or yeah. modern or have a different look than your standard kind of kind of homey feeling hotel. Yeah. And I just find it to be not comfortable. So there's there's like a halfway. Between boutique and um, a regular hotel, and I stated a few of those. So, what would what would be the average occupancy of a boutique hotel? Fifty well, I, fifty rooms. Yeah, I mean, I think rooms? they're typically smaller. Right. I stayed in one in Nashville, and it was a Marriott. It was owned by Marriott, so um, it was not as nice as probably the nicer Marriott that was in the area, but like it had cool amenities that that actually had blackout shades. Um, And the, like they, I don't know, it just had like little cool things in there. And actually the beds were not uncomfortable there, but I have stayed in them where they're not great. Um, But I thought, that's why I thought it was cool because that one I stayed at was good. The one in Chicago that we stayed at for the Hall of Fame was a boutique-ish hotel. And it was, I just didn't find it that kind. It wasn't like, I didn't like the lighting. I'm like, man, we got to get out of here. I, yeah, it was kind of just it was okay. not yeah. crazy comfortable. Yeah, and I think that was that a, wasn't cozy. It was a W, and I think we stayed in a W in uh, in London as well, and it was like really dark and uh, yeah. I didn't, one in I, London was dark. Yeah, I'll really, tell you the one really dark. The W we stayed at Preston when they had us come, oh. come out to L.A. in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that yeah. was now that's a W. I enjoyed that's that for one. win. Yeah, hey, was it um was it Matt Damon? It was a, uh, some A list actor who I guess when he got married he ended up like Matt buying Damon. a he bought a bed. From a hotel, because whatever hotel he stayed at, that bed was so comfortable. Mm. I will tell you the problem that we encounter, and this is the God's honest truth. Uh, my, <laughs> you make sure this gets to the, the client. Sleep number bed. Uh, sleep number bed is, is my own bed. Is is I uh, it, no matter how good the hotel bed is, it's not going to be as good as that. And so you get yeah. used to that. And it used to be nice to look forward to going to, going to hotels. Oh, finally, I'll get a good night's sleep or I'll get a good bed. And that's the issue. So yeah, I have a certain standard when it comes to a hotel bed. There was a bed that showed up on my uh, Instagram feed that uh, it's it's essentially it's a dog bed for humans. And I saw it. And I, I saw it. I wanted it. I wanted lays, it. Okay, good. wait. The kind that lays on the floor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it it looks like it might even be like inflatable, but it's it's like real furry and fuzzy. It and looks almost bean baggish. Yes. But it, but you just <sighs> press it. You just you just like disappear into it. You it's, saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. love it. I, except I'd have nowhere to put it. I know. I'm such a sucker for those things, though. And it showed up, and and I probably send. I don't know, 50 to 60% of them to my wife saying, hey, can we cut this? And 99% of the time she says no. So I, and I knew the answer would have been no for this one, but usually things like this that you see online that look like, ooh, ooh. and then you get them and they're like, oh, no. Uh, there's a great one that, that, uh, it's a video that finally made it to uh, AFV, which is this, the, the, the woman is showing, because this is our, 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 our party, um, pool for the, for the backyard. And you see like, there's like 10 people in this pool and you order it. Now, how can it be that, like this? 
Oh, yeah, And, yes. and the camera pans to the right, and it's, her two children are sitting in yes. it, and it's completely full. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's no way, yeah. yeah. It's like hot tubs. You right. know, when it says it's a six-person hot tub? Oh, no, 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 no. Probably yeah. three. Yep, yep, exactly. You definitely need to subtract two. Uh-huh. I got uh, the inflatable hot tub, and, and Press came over. <laughs> it was me and Preston and his, Chuck, his son right? and Chuck, right? Yeah. And so Parker's, he's tall, too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were all playing footsies. Not even footsies, but, uh, like, I feel like my, my right big toe was in Preston's butt crack. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of underwater, uh, um, you know, penetration uh, in a hot tub. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, we should take a break and come back because some bizarre file stories are what we are going to do next. So make sure you stay with us. That will be around momentarily. This weekend... 93.3 WMMR says farewell to 2023 with our annual countdown of the year's biggest songs. The MMR Top 25 Countdown. A two and a half hour look at everything that rocked Philadelphia in 2023. Great tunes from veteran bands like Foo Fighters, Green Day, and even the Rolling Stones. To newer artists like Jelly Roll, The Revivalists, and Mammoth WVH. Catch it New Year's Eve starting at noon with an encore presentation New Year's Day at 3 from the station that's ready to spend another year playing everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by Gary Barbera's on the Boulevard. Is Barbera the best? Boy, I guess. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Brought to you by Horizon Services. The holiday season means plenty of plumbing problems. Horizon Services has you covered with 20% off all plumbing repairs. Plus, Horizon's pros offer peace of mind with same-day plumbing services. Visit horizonservices.com. All right, every now and then you get a story that's worth bringing up simply because of the perpetrator's name. In San Francisco, a woman named Thor Kill. Thor Kill. Has been convicted of felony possession of ammunition by a prohibited person. Thor Kill. I think with Thor is such a force of good. Yeah. So her, la- her last name is Kill. I thought maybe it was a first and middle name thing. Right. But no, her last name is Kill. So it says Kill, who was prohibited from having ammunition due to a 2012 misdemeanor assault conviction, was found in possession of a massive quantity of ammunition. Sounds like a command. Officer Thor Kill. Kill. Uh, officers with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, <laughs> and Explosives executed a search warrant on Kill's residence and storage unit where, while serving the warrant, officers discovered and seized multiple crates and boxes containing thousands of rounds of live ammunition, 87 firearm magazines, 125 pounds of explosive powder. And one ten- big hammer. Tens of thousands of components used to make ammunition and ammunition manufacturing equipment. Uh, Kill social media pages also reveal multiple posts of equipment used to manufacture ammunition, <laughs> which is probably how they busted her yeah. in the first place. So, yeah, Thor Not Kill. Trying to keep it a secret. Thor Kill was sentenced to two years in state prison. <laughs> Credited with time served since her arrest. Sit or sit. Warrants for the arrest of a married couple on animal cruelty charges show the man and woman poisoned three dogs belonging to a neighbor. Ah, oh, these bastards. people. These people are psychos. Where do you hear about this story? Uh, James and Agnes Goldston are each charged with three counts of animal cruelty and communicating threats. Philip and Jessica Ridley said that one dog died in July 2020, another died last weekend, and a third was sickened and hospitalized after the second and third dog showed 
the same symptoms as the first. The Ridley's called law enforcement. Uh, the sheriff's office said that each dog was evaluated in three veterinarians uh, by three veterinarians. Uh, they all confirmed the dogs were poisoned. The Ridley's said the Goldstons were known to poison squirrels with antifreeze and that their dogs might have eaten the squirrels and gotten sick. But according to the warrants, James Goldston has sent threatening letters to the Ridley's, including one that said, your daughter is next. What? And poisoned and killed two of their three Labrador retrievers. For over a year, they said they sent us threatening letters in the mail about our animals and our house. Jessica said one of those letters read, if one or both of these dogs put their paws on my property, I'm going to blow their brains out. Ooh, wow, man. It's a psycho. So, but they never had. They, what did they throw something over a fence or what did they do? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how they poisoned them. Somehow or another, they they did it. Jessica Ridley said that it was a nightmare. Other neighbors reported getting similar anonymous threatening letters. So these are just psycho neighbors. Well, you just caught them on a bad forever. Yeah, a bad forever. Uh, two, I have a better animal story here. Two Florida deputies helped a hawk escape the clutches of a snake on Sunday. Uh, deputy... <coughs> deputy... <coughs> Dasher and Deputy Ferrero responded to a report of an injured hawk in the roadway. When they got closer, they realized that the red-shouldered hawk had a snake coiled around its neck and wing. (laughs) They used the end of a club to hold down the snake's head as he untangled his body from the hawks. I can't breathe. It appeared to be a North American racer, commonly called it's Black a North Racer. American racer. A non-venomous snake. A oh, non-venomous you, snake. You can identify it? Can you identify it? Uh, the hawk likely, though, snatched the snake out of a nearby yard for lunch. I took it out of a nearby yard for lunch. But the racer had other plans. But the racer had other plans. Uh, the hawk immediately took off and flew into some nearby trees. The snake was tossed back into the street as it was no longer on the menu. Uh, so, How about that? So they saved. The snake was just trying to protect itself. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, yeah uh, Listen, go, boys. Split it. Go your separate ways. Yeah. You yeah, both no, made no. a mistake. All right. This is a messed up story out of Chicago that I want to share with you. A woman has. Chicago! Yeah, Chicago! Has been charged in a series of bat attacks on the northwest side of Chicago. Tell me, have you attacked people on the south side of Chicago? You will. Uh, Denise, uh, Denise Solorzano was that your real name? Was arrested and has been charged with uh, three counts of aggravated battery, four counts of aggravated battery, use of a deadly weapon, and one count of felony aggravated assault. Her bond was set at $800,000, which is hundred grand for each victim she's accused of assaulting. Prosecutors said in a court, in court, in each attack, uh, Solorzano asked the victims uh, either... What would you do if I hit you with this bat? Or what would you do if I punched you in the face? Man. Police said she attacked a 27-year-old woman and a 31-year-old woman with a baseball bat at 11.27 a.m. And then minutes later attacked a 34-year-old woman with a bat. So just walk around doing this to multiple people. Yeah. Shannon Condon said that she was working at home at the time of the attack. She said that she saw two women with a stroller while a white car pulled up and a woman got out holding a baseball bat. She said she walked around towards the two women with the baby. I thought she must know them or something, or maybe she was playing a joke on them, and then I saw the woman with the bat start hitting the ladies over and over again. Easily kill someone. And the ladies were screaming. Uh, The woman then got back in her car and drove off. The entire incident happened in a matter of seconds. In addition to those attacks, police said uh, Solizano also attacked a 19-year-old woman last Sunday and a 33-year-old woman uh, as well. 
Uh, her parents left court distraught. They said off camera, the 26-year-old is a TV reporter, uh, that she has schizophrenia. Oh. And said that they hope she gets the help she needs. She may not be on her medication. That's a problem. And it can, you know, it can get away from you. It's a terrible story, but one that was worth putting in the bizarre file because I've never heard of somebody just walking around beating people with a bat. Tell me, did you hear about the peanut walking to the park? No. It was assaulted. <laughs> Yucky yucka. Waka waka. Uh, San Antonio, two people were arrested after crashing their car and then trying to hide in a seafood restaurant just north of downtown. There, a seafood restaurant. Hurry, Run! Quick, a seafood restaurant. <laughs> Pretend you're a lobster. Police say the driver ran a red light. I'm not human. Photos of the scene show the SUV crash into a concrete pillar under the highway overpass. The Creek, man, a seafood restaurant. The man and woman ran into the nearby El Puerto de Mazatlan restaurant. Which means uh, seafood. The No, it's not. Uh, the woman reportedly tried blending in the restaurant with the other customers, and the man tried to climb into the attic. <laughs> so they had a plan. I would have pretended I was a lobster, right? And be obvious about it. Uh, both of them were arrested. There is no word yet on charges if they uh, that they face and they have not been identified as of yet. Steve, have you heard this um this notion that um that perhaps lobsters never die? Uh, I am of, not of natural causes that like that most of the world's lobsters or that they're always taken out by predators. No lobster dies of old age is what you're saying. Yeah, that it doesn't have any natural predators uh, and that when they die, it's usually by the hands of something or somebody else. Well, so that would have to have a natural that they're actually trying to because it um, it has like a natural sort of uh, replenishing, uh, and that, that sci- right. scientists are trying to identify that uh, particular I don't know gene molecule or whatever. Uh, yeah, there but, is something unique about their biology that that uh, that helps. They lose a claw; they can re- regenerate, repair themselves. Yeah. So um, that would mean they'd have to they'd have to put some in. Uh, uh, in captivity and see how long they can raise them. Uh, so you're saying if there's no... They do, but the people in the restaurant keep eating them. Yeah. That they kind of uh, can... Uh, their their immune system, whatever it may be, allows it to stay well all the time and continue to age. I've never heard of that before. It's so, interesting. I know that they have caught some that are very old. Yes. In fact, there was one, remember it was out of, I think it was in Massachusetts, obviously, uh, one of the big uh, lobster places, and somebody bought it out of the tank at a, it was like old lobster, old lobby. Yeah. And uh, they uh, bought him out of the tank and he would, I forget what his age was, but it was, I didn't realize they lived that long. Here, Case, now they do have natural predators. I was thinking octopus. Pie and they, and they do. It says here, but uh, in this article, they have um, uh, groupers, snappers, sharks, skates, turtles, and octopus. Yeah, but that's a spiny lobster. I don't know. Six gerbils, two cats, a hamster, and a rabbit. Uh, spiny lobster's not. Uh, it, that, that, the pictures that they were showing didn't have the giant. You're not talking about a regular, like a regular, like your main lobster. Big old under the sea lobster. Here's uh, this is an article. It says the idea that lobsters live forever is a myth. These animals can face death from uh, predation, disease, or even exhaustion when they molt. For example, I am flat out freaking exhausted. Did you see this on social media? No, and, I, and as a matter of fact, I was talking to my wife about it yesterday, and she's a one of those smart people. Yeah. Um, but there is um, some sort of uh, thing that scientists are trying to, they're trying to figure out exactly what it is. They, they're, well, they have profound, so you're saying the re, the ability to regenerate is something that they're looking at, but no one believes that the lobsters are eternal. 
Do they? That was a that was a, a theory that I that lobsters about. are eternal. Are, lobsters and other decapods do eventually reach the end of their lives. Uh Hang on a second here. Lobsters, uh, it says lobsters certainly do not live forever. <laughs> it's not entirely clear where this myth originated, but it is a claim that persists online, often in the form of memes. While some animals, given the right circumstances, could be considered immortal, immortal lobsters are not among them. Like many other decapod uh, crustaceans, which are ten-footed, by the way, lobsters continue to grow throughout their lives. Scientists call this indeterminate growth. Uh, this contrast with people, for example, we stop growing when we reach adulthood. But lobsters and other decapods do eventually reach the end of their lives. Lobsters can face death from predation, including by humans, or health issues such as shell disease. Uh, Another potential cause of death is inherently linked to their continuous growth. Okay, hmm. but it's, so I'm also reading along, but it does say that they basically can't die of old age. Okay. Like something is going to kill them. Hmm. So, well, that would be tangential to what you said. Uh, But, I mean, people don't die of old age either, though. You know, eventually, like, some kind of disease is going to get you. They they call it natural causes. Well, what are natural causes for a lobster? Yeah. Right. I don't think getting old is a cause of death. Right. Where you just run out. Yeah, something went went wrong and and that killed you. But just the aging process doesn't kill people either. Right, right. Okay. I was there at the Revolutionary War. It's an amazing thing to be a lobster on that battlefield, <laughs> as the Brits were wearing red coats, too. Made me uh, kind of nervous, as I'm sure you would understand. Mm. My name is Lobby the Lobster. I'm sorry? Lobby the... No, Casey. Hang on. And then, of course, Lobby the Lobster took to the dance floor. I don't know what you want. Well, what do you want from me? You, you were sending a text or something I like that. that. I'm actually looking up information. Oh. Am I uh, the only one on the show not allowed to look up information? I'm trying to find it. That's the day that Casey became very upset about our lobster conversation. I gestured because he started talking about the Civil War. Okay. And there's a okay. piece of music that we usually play that goes ah, along with that to encourage yes. Steve to play and have fun with that character. Well, the re- revolutionary. It. Do we have anything that would suit the Revolutionary War? Oh, you said War. Revolutionary yeah. War. I'm sorry. So I'm Yeah, we point. don't have any Revolutionary Do we have anything for the Seven Days War? Fife and Drum, uh. Type of thing or yeah. something? I don't really. How do you spell know. How about F I F E? Okay. How about Grenada? Grenada. The conflict there. All the I have is drum and fight by the Smashing Pumpkins. I don't even know how that song goes. I don't goes. know how that song goes. Let's, Let's find it. out right now. Here we go. <laughs> this is Drum and Fight, Smashing Pumpkins, 933 WMMR. It's everything that rocks. Lobster's favorite radio station. One of my favorites. Yeah. All right. I, I think we got to the bottom of that. I think we did. Information you can use. Uh, What's this, Nick? I was curious as to how long the Falklands War was, because Steve mentioned that. And it was uh, 74 days. 774. Wow. Yeah. How long was the, uh, the quote-unquote Grenada? The Grenada? Grenada? Let's yeah. call the whole thing off. That was conflict. just a few days. Just a few yeah. days, right? Yeah. As, uh, as depicted in the movie um, with the Clint Eastwood. I know the movie you're talking about. the name of that thing? I can't remember. Hamburger Hill? No, no, no. no. Uh, Heartbreak Ridge. Heartbreak Ridge. Yeah. 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 It was an H thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Four days. What, ha- wow. right. what has to happen in order for something to be considered a war? There has to be ten lobsters. <laughs> ten? No. Uh, the, uh, I'm still reading about the lobsters. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. You're allowed to. <laughs> war. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's yeah. any. I don't know. What, uh, you know, if you declare war, that's probably a pretty good start. Yeah, but we haven't declared war in a really long time. And yeah. No, we haven't. We fought in wars. Then technically when you, that, what was that song? I declare my war upon. I declare a thumb, thumb war? war. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're both declaring that's a war. thumb war. One, two, three, four. four. I, declare I declare a thumb war. war. I declare a Falklands mm. war. Mm. 
Four or five. <laughs> <laughs> Is there more to it? Dude, and we appreciate it forever. Here we do. Marissa well, found some kind of it. audio. There we go. It's a oh. lobster? No, this is Fife and Drum. Oh. Now we have revolutionary war music. Yay! This has been totally worth it. Never imagine as a lobster being on the battlefield with red arm, they must have thought I was a British soldier. That was the joke for about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> Still good, though. Are we wait, Are we trying to find verification that lobsters live forever? Is that what you're? No, they oh, don't live forever, but they have something that basically we don't have as humans. So basically, what, what, I'm reading, what I'm reading is that humans can essentially die of what they say old age, but lobsters can't. Okay, because they have this enzyme. So enzyme. Now we're getting somewhere. There's an enzyme. enzyme. Yeah, okay, it's, it's an enzyme that is is dubbed the immortality enzyme. Oh, okay. like the Mickey Mantle gene, right? So this right. you can drink the all you want. All comes back to Bert. That's why lobsters smoke and drink. Uh, okay, so the, a, so it, it a regenerative. Yeah, allows like QC kinetics, like yeah. Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, the the cells keep dividing and lobsters uh, keep growing and repairing Did their you bodies. Say the uh, we have like a, a a form of that, but ah, but not fully. To that level. Right, so we can become lobster level, man, which is why we can die of old age. Yeah! I'm lobster man. By the way, you can get a transcript of this if you send $10 yes. to Merkel Press. <laughs> send a self-addressed stamped envelope. A yes. Sazy, as they yeah, used to call it. A Sazy? A Sazy. Uh, though, at least I had not heard the longevity with the lobsters, and Kathy gave us the information, so that makes sense. And what else did we determine? Uh, I don't know. I don't okay. know. I, don't I think know it's what time else to take a break. I don't even know where, where, where we started. What, where did this how start? Did, how did lobsters enter into the conversation? Was it a bizarre file story? Yes. Let's go back. Now we have to go in the trash. How did we end up at lobsters? Casey uh, asked the question of Steve, have you heard this notion? And right. I think that that was based Casey, that was, on, on a uh, lobster story in the in the B-File. That yes, was sparked yeah. by something. The last B-File story. Had the a, last bizarre file story. No, it was about hiding in a seafood restaurant. There you go. There we did. We literally couldn't remember five We read the court. Ago. We can't remember. Who could follow that chain of thinking? A damn thing that we talk about. <laughs> All right. I, I'm calling it. That's it? <laughs> Time of death. 10-14. Presidency show officially died, and we must uh, not if you're a lobster. We have a period of rest. You're right, right. forever. We're going to take a break and come back in a second. We'll get lesson question, trash, and music news when we return. So stay with us, please. The MMR app can't remember your Wawa order, but it can pair with your Bluetooth or Apple or Android car system, streaming us right into your speakers. Oh. And if you could grab us a meatball shorty and an iced tea, that'd be great. Thanks. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back. And this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swooping and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at Acme Swooping and Win Game.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest is making the rounds in the city. He was at the game yes. last night. Very and cool. uh, will be at the Met on Saturday for this live event. If you were a fan of Boy Meets World or many other things that our guest has been a part of, you will want to be at the Pods, Pod Meets World uh, event. The Kids Want to Jump Tour is what it's called at the Met. Please welcome Will Friedel. Thank you. Thank nice you for having me. Our pleasure. Thanks for being here, man. This has been so much fun. So has far. it? Yeah. Oh man, we we're at the Phillies game last night. We got to dance with the fanatic. It was incredible. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, it was really amazing. That's really pretty... likes bucket bucket list kind of stuff. So <laughs> totally. Yeah. I remember my first time interacting with the fanatic. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. It was. It was really cool. And we, you know, we also got to see a game. We walked out and it was it was five nothing. And then they came back and <sighs> yeah. everyone smacking home runs. It was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And the best nice. part was a game that really didn't matter because yeah. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> what so everybody said. They're like, it might be a little subdued tonight because they right. won the night before. It wasn't subdued. It was it, great. Still okay. I love seeing this reaction to Boy Meets World. Uh, you know, I, I'm, we're, we're fans of all sorts of genre stuff and see any rabid fan reaction to something like this. And you are seeing it. It's just, it's just uh, you know, packing theaters and it just yeah. it, it sits in so many people's nostalgic, wonderful memories. The show itself, when it ran originally, was a modest hit. It was, it did okay. If that. Like, yeah, we were kind of on. Right. That's how we look at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we always you said, described like, it like the wings of, of yeah, it. Right? Was. It, yeah. was, it was wings. It was uh, like if you liked wings, then wings was great. Yeah. Um, other people were like, what is that? But it ran eight seasons. That was Boy Meets World. Eight. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't, we were never on, you know, in TV Guide or anything. We just kind of kept going. We thought we were doing it for our grandparents. So, <laughs> um, which is great. And then it the, the second run happened on, on, I think it went right to ABC Family and then to Disney and then to MTV. And then it exploded. And then by that point, yeah. it was important, yeah. So, Boy Meets World was a little... I, I, I was not age-appropriate to be watching that no, show. No, that's fair enough. That's and, fair. Uh, I, but I do remember passing by and seeing Danielle Fischelin, and I would go... <laughs> That girl is gorgeous. Yeah. I'm changing the channel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because she's it way too not, young. No. But you yeah. could tell immediately she was a stunner without question. So she is at the event. She is. Uh, and so is uh, Ryder Strong. Also a stunner. Yeah, and he is. He's a stunner. Stunning. Also a stunner. Um, yeah. But do you guys have some other guests who are going to be joining we as well? We do. We do. We've got uh, Trina McGee's coming in who played uh, Angela on the show. Ah. We've got Tony Quinn who played Mr. Turner. And a local boy, Mr. Matthew Lawrence, is going to be joining Whoa. us. Oh. So uh, the Lawrences are coming back to Philly for us. Yeah, you, that's you, awesome. You have had a, 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 a many of the different appearances, people being swapped in and out, and special guests, and so on and so forth. A, a, a question for you is: as as the show came into its own, have you been surprised by people who are now mature, perhaps celebrities in their own right, who are fans of Boy Meets World? We could. Well, first of all, they're usually fans of Danielle. 
<laughs> so that's as long as we're with her, we're right, cool, right, yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is good. But yeah, no, we are. We get a lot of a lot of. We were at the uh, iHeart Music Festival uh, last weekend in Vegas, and a lot of these artists who I frankly didn't know who a lot of them were, if I'm honest, yeah, um, were coming up and wanting to take pictures and all this. It was it was great. It was really wow. cool. We just we had no idea, and I think by doing this tour, we're getting out there, and the fans are incredible and packing theaters, like you said. I mean, we just didn't think it was going to happen, frankly. So we just had recently uh, the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Philadelphia came in and they did a live podcast event. They've done it a few times here. Similar format as well. They'll put uh, episodes up. Uh, they'll talk about those episodes and, and specifically what was going on during filming. Mm-hmm. Similar thing that you guys are doing. We do for that's for the podcast. That's what we do for the live show. We do a whole new thing, which is fun. We got a big costume contest, so people are coming <laughs> dressed like their favorite characters. We do a uh, we bring somebody on stage to play one of the characters, and we do a whole scene that we make oh, up on the that's spot. That's cool. We do uh, trivia, I, so it's just we just have a ton of fun. We really do that. No, that's yeah. a cool thing. And as we said, so we're, we're friends with the, as you would imagine, the It's Always Sunny cast because it's Philadelphia and over the years we've sure. you know, by, by sheer force. Uh, but um, to, to be able to super serve your fans this way, this is something for years that never existed where you, you know, where it, it was always, uh, you know, but that was the past. I don't want to yeah. embrace that. And there's so many people who go, but I, I still want a little bit more. Um, and it seems to me, you know, knowing, knowing about your career, um, that you you always have appreciated what got you to the dance. That's uh, yeah, right. you, ha- you have to. It's one of those things where I've always said, uh, you know, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. So I wasn't even the first person to play the character. Um, they cast somebody else in the in the pilot, and he just wasn't tall enough. Because they felt Ben would grow. Ben was going to grow. And it would seem and weird would for seem you. Weird. Younger brother it. to be so, bigger yeah. than you. Yeah. I, I always say that that actor is five inches taller and I'm not sitting here right now. So <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, I, I you do meet some actors that kind of turn their back on what got them where they are. And I never got that. I'm, <laughs> I'm just very happy to, to be embracing and enjoy it. It's just fun. And I can see writing wonderful. down an application. Yeah. My, my most, uh, my most uh, 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 attractive or feature or my most. My uh, height. Yeah, my height. <laughs> I'm, I've. Five inches taller. Yes, five inches Why do you think you deserve this job? Because I'm tall. I'm taller than the yeah. other guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. I, be, I became aware of you. Well, not I wasn't aware of you. Obviously, I, I was Boy Meets World was out of my my appropriate viewing sure. circle at that point in time. But uh, Batman Beyond. Yeah. Batman Beyond was huge. Yeah. Uh, and and I remember the blowback on that originally, and I'm like, I I, I love this series. You got to work with Kevin Conroy. Uh, yeah, Kevin, the, Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Yeah. The legendary. Yeah. Um. Uh. Batman. And a voiceover actor passed away recently. Yeah. Um, and so that was really cool. I mean, um, and I know you, you going through the list of uh, superheroes that you voiced. Uh, uh, well, Deadpool, Bumblebee, well, Blue Beetle, uh, Star-Lord, Green Lantern, uh, but also uh, Lionel and Thundercats. Yeah, yeah, that was, oh, man, that was a tough one because we were, finally they were going to reboot Thundercats, which is one of my favorite shows of all time as a kid. Yeah. And um, I got the part of Lionel, which is crazy. And then I started writing for the series as well. So we finished the, the first season and we got picked up for the second season. I'd already written the first three episodes of the, of the second season. And, and then the toys weren't selling, so they pulled the green light. And it ended with Mumra winning. And it's like, how can you have a kid's <laughs> cartoon where the bad guy Mumra. wins? Yes. He wins? He won at the end of our series because we were supposed to get picked up and fight back. And it was like they ended with Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> That's like, like and Carbonite, we're done. Thanks for playing. Wow. Yeah, so it was, yeah, totally it was totally unjust. Yeah, it was weird. So, uh, well, your, your knowledge was, uh, and you've done a fair amount of writing, have you not? I have. I've, yeah. been, I've been lucky in my writing career. I actually, I, I, the first thing I wrote, I was 19. I wrote the Winnie the Pooh movie 
movie for for Disney. Wow. Um, which just came out with Ewan McGregor like uh, two years ago. Oh my gosh. So yeah, they we went through so many hands that that now it was written by somebody else. But yeah, I originally wrote that back in the day as a kid, and then um, yeah, just kept writing. usually for animation is my favorite thing to write you know, for. What so. I think is wild is that so you you um you know you started young. You're in Hartford. I think you did like a like an Ibsen play. Yeah, uh, we did a Doll's House, Rachel's which I've still house. never seen the end of because right. I was ten when we were doing it. Mumra so. wins at the end. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. That's exactly what I heard. Ibsen loved yeah, the Mumra really kind of aspect. Huge Thundercats. <laughs> he was. He was. Uh, but uh, and, but you got into like OG Nickelodeon. Yeah, right? I got like, slimed. Like Nickelodeon. you got slimed. Yeah, wow. and I I don't know if you guys realize this, but your um the your overseer basically was Robin from Double Dare. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, she was sort of your. Yeah, we they, so really? my job at 13, they moved us to um, Universal Studios before it was opened. So for five weeks beforehand, my co-host friends and I had our own apartment where Robin was our guardian. Um, and it, we had to go to the park every day with a camera crew and just ride all the rides over and over again oh while they filmed just, us. Just you guys? Just us. And so oh and to, to use for the three-hour live opening. So I had my own closed theme park for five weeks oh when I was 13. That's God. incredible. Yeah. Wow. And that's all we did was just, and the rides were breaking down and there, you know, we'd be on the ET ride. I'm sorry, broke down. They bring a ladder. They'd climb us down. The, the, the Jaws ride, the, uh, the shark broke one day and it actually bit the boat and the boat sank <laughs> and the safety guy had to like swim away as we're watching. Yeah. So wow. we just had the park to wow. ourselves. That's way better. The ET ride is still there. It, it is was the a great oldest ride. ride. We went, not, yeah. we went earlier this year. It feels good. We love the ET <laughs> ride. Yeah. It's a great ride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing. Does it still say as... your name on the way out? Yes. And, yeah. and you'd always try to mess it up so they couldn't couldn't tell what the name was. Yeah, yeah. We would always do that. Yeah. Oh my god. So that Five is wild. weeks of that. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, that's when you knew you had a weird name because E.T. at the end, you'd, be, you'd go, bye Billy, <laughs> bye Sandy, bye friend. <laughs> <laughs> Friend was the default. Friend was the default. Oh, oh. <laughs> you knew you had a name where your parents screwed you out of having a good name. The name is ET could pronounce Ishkabibble. <laughs> well, I'm fascinated by voiceover work and, and um, the, that realm of acting. Um, so when you get a, a, a bit, or you get a role or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I what's the process like? Do you figure out what your voice is going to sound like first, and then start acting? Is it all done at the same time? Like because you are acting. I mean, you're, you're, sure. you're bringing yeah. you know your acting chops to that role. So how do you find um, the voice, and then how do you find uh, how you want to uh, present it? Well, I mean, you'll get it, the, the thing that I love about voiceover is I don't care if you've been working for forty years; everybody's still equal. So everybody auditions for everything all the time, wow. which is great. Very rarely are you just offered a role like like on camera stuff. So you got to get that match. Yeah. So yeah. that's what they're looking for. So you'll read something, but then you get into the room, and usually you've worked with the directors before, and and they'll say, you know, okay, we're looking for young teenage hero. So automatically you go up and you're like here, and you're young teenage. But then the person you're sitting next to sounds too much like that. All right, we need to do this. So you tweak when you're in the room, then and then. And by the time you're done, he's 40 and British. <laughs> so you, you, you never kind of know what, what's going to happen when you get Cleese. there. Exactly. All, um, all of a sudden. So of, of, of those roles, uh, you know, obviously Batman Beyond, is, there's always been talk of, of committing that to film. I would yeah. love to see that. I'm a massive fan of that whole, whole series. But which of the uh, superhero properties would you have loved to have participated in a live action version or would still love to participate yeah. in a live action version? Of? I mean, Batman Beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they're good. It's just, it lends itself so perfectly to film. I think it does. I think now trying to get into the spandex at 47 would be a, a lot harder than <laughs> well, when I was change. 17. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, seeing that would be would be pretty outstanding. I it, think. It, it is pretty wild. So you you have many tables at, at conventions then, right? I mean, you have, your your uh, credibility is, is unimpeachable. I do. I got a lot of nerd cred. I also play D&D, so I've oh got a ton of nerd cred, which wow. is great. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the, the Batman, the whole thing with Batman Beyond. I mean, when we did Return of the Joker, I was in between Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill for two weeks. Wow. Conroy was just just so good. And the fact that he, he got to get on the um, the, 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 the crossover Flashpoint. Yes. Um, was, yes as, he was so nervous. He called me before. Well, I don't know what... Uh, and he actually sounded like that. So okay, every time uh, he called you, you were talking to Batman. By the way, he turned in... He turned in Emmy level performances, phenomenal. Well, he's yeah. a stage. He was a stage actor. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So he that, but he would call you with. I think I'm going to eat a hot dog today. Like, <laughs> Great, Batman. Let's get a hot dog. It was <laughs> awesome. It was so cool. Yeah, I want you worked wow. with um, uh, uh, William um, kind of, uh, Daniels. Uh, Daniels, Daniels, Mr. The legendary Feeny, yeah. Mr. Feeny, legendary. Yeah, and you were relaying a story about being on the set, and the first time you realized that he had a place in in sci fi history. Uh, uh, Explain what happened because I think this is hilarious. So our executive producer's name is Michael Jacobs, and we always would do these long note sessions at the end. And Bill had something to say, and he went, "Michael," and we all went, "Oh my god, he was Kit! <laughs> <laughs> you were Kit!" And it wasn't until he said our executive at that moment, like we all went, "Oh my god!" You, and it changed everything. You know, all, all the others, little things he did, like seventeen seventy six, right, and, right. You know, the graduate. None of that mattered. <laughs> you were Kit on Night Rider, accomplished actor. So yeah. on. And obviously, he's been to these. He's he's done a yeah. couple of these. Still um, does. Yeah, still does. Um, but did he? I don't want to say did he suffer you guys or did? I mean, uh, he, that's I think the perfect way. Is that the perfect yeah, way? Yeah. yeah. But he was also a child actor himself. He oh, started so. very very young. I mean, like vaudeville stuff. His his parents put him into it when he was like six or seven years old. Right. Wow. Um. So he never treated us. It didn't matter that you were eleven or twelve. You're part of the cast. You're a fellow actor. That's it. You're not going to get treated like a kid. You're going to show up on time. You're going to know your lines. Did you appreciate it at the time? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, did, I was a little older. I was 16. Um, but, uh, yeah, we all we all knew that when you're with Bill, you don't mess around. And even when we messed around occasionally, he'd give us he'd give us a little bit of leeway. But you knew you were working with Bill. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah he made sure professionalism was front and center. Well, so eight years, you kind of say you're sort of the wings of, um, of uh, ABC. Yes. Were you, was there a level of anonymity that came with that, even though you're on a network show? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was great. I mean, it was the perfect combination of being able to be on a, a, a show that was wonderful, but also be able to walk around and do whatever we want, we want which is, which I, I kind of can still do as long as Danielle's not with me. If you're, <laughs> if you're walking around with Topanga, you get recognized everywhere, but if you're by yourself, it's okay. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I forgot. Uh, Maitland Ward was a cast member on yes. there. Maitland, yeah, Maitland Ward is now a porn star. We had yes. her on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's a sweetheart. Yeah, she has, has, still talk to Maitland a lot. Has she? Yeah, has she? Uh, t- has she been a part of the uh, of the podcast? Not yet. She'll be on when we're definitely having her on when her season comes up. She doesn't come okay. on until later in the show. And we're trying to save some of the guests. We bring them on when they come in, but she'll certainly be on when she she she, she has found her lane. Like this, she's become very successful. She has in, in she's adult been great film and industry. loves it and wrote her book and yeah, did, yeah did she everything. was on to promote yeah. yeah, and she was very eloquent and very. Oh, she is this absolutely. Is, this yeah. is what I'm, and that's it. Yeah, we yeah. did. I, I will say I didn't would not 
have guessed. Yeah. Um, right. You know, as you're sitting there talking to her on the set, it would have been like, figured someday you. you're doing porn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would have figured exactly. you. Exactly. Oh, man. Even I don't want to watch myself in porn. Batman Beyond. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, we were, it was one of those things where it was kind of like, yeah, go do your thing. Yeah. You, know? you find yeah. happiness, take it. If you're just tuning in, it's Will Friedle who's here. Pod meets world. The Kids Want to Jump Tour is going to be Saturday at uh, the Met in Philadelphia. Now, we've got some Uber fans. Massive yes. fans. Boy meets world. Yeah. So uh, I want to see if Marissa wants to come in here and ask a question. Miss and, Marissa was trying to play it cool. And Kyle uh, was a massive <laughs> uh-huh. fan, too. And I th- I'd, I'd like them to be able to directly yes. ask I would you love any, to. any questions they might have. This so. is great. Marissa did not. I would never have known. She played it totally cool, <laughs> by the way. It was so sweet in the green room. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm like 40. So Boy Meets World is really my wheelhouse. He's like, oh, I wouldn't think you were 40. I wouldn't at all. Am I blushing? And I never would have pegged pe- Kyle Mack here as a, as a big fan of Boy Meets World as well. I am a huge fan of Boy Meets World. I was yes. telling Will in the green room over there that I probably watched all of the seasons maybe anywhere between five and ten times over the course of my life so far. It's wow. a veteran here, by the way. A veteran. Are, yes. are you a veteran, too? Yeah. I am Air Force oh, veteran, yeah. Thank you so much. My father's a retired captain of the Navy, so oh, wow. uh, thank you for that. Thank, thank you, your father, much. for his service. That's so, awesome. would you guys like to ask uh, a question? Well, first off, two? I want to act really cool and just let you know that I was just texting Robin, because I was trying to get her to call in. Oh, yeah, because yeah. we're friends with Mark Summers and Robin. No. Yeah. Are you texting Robin? Does yes. she even remember me? Well, we'll take a selfie while we're standing here, and um, I haven't heard back from you guys. I think she's sleeping. She's <laughs> retired, so she doesn't uh, necessarily have she to wake up. She was the best. Absolutely the best. So, to, just to set the like scene around here, like we brought in Mark Summers and Robin and Harvey yep. 10, 12 years ago, and okay. we did Double Dare. We did live Drunk, drunk Double Dare. Studio. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yes. awesome. So I'm over here trying to like explain to the guys. I was like, I really, you guys should dig deep into the Eric Matthews character <laughs> and find out why the arc changed so much over the years. Like he really started as like the cool older brother. And the then fan, he got yeah. to like the doofusy guy yeah. that like suddenly the dad moved from the grocery store to like he owns an REI and yeah. what it is. And now suddenly he's in college and he's smart guy. Right. We have no idea what it is. We think, <laughs> frankly, we thought that the the show, the A storyline was going so much more Dawson's Creek, which oh. was, which was very popular at the time, that then they just wanted to cut to, and now here's Will for the laughs. Like, that was that kind of doing it that way. That's how so. I that's how I knew you, just uh, like drive-bys. And I would, I would check the yeah. show out, and you'd seem to be very funny and very, and and, oh, and, and, and but uh, I always remember there were a touted... Um, Powerful episode. Oh yeah, the very powerful special. Episode. Yes, on yeah. this very special. Episode. Very special. We still joke about that. Where Ryder was an alcoholic for like twenty minutes. <laughs> um, it was, it was that, like that kind of stuff. We're like, oh, I guess we're doing the drinking episode now. It's that kind of, well, yeah. then who played his dad? Oh, his dad, uh, Blake Clark. Chet. Yes, played Chad Hunter. Blake Clark, great comedian, and would just come on and go like, ah, sitcom, great, doing this one. <laughs> right, there and go. they would just like write him off for a season, and and he would just come live with yeah. you guys for a season, yeah, and then he would come back. Yeah. And, and, we, back and oh, we never do. We come back, be like. Oh yeah, those characters you've known forever—they're gone now. Like, wait, what? Wait, and huh? So they just be gone. Yeah, it was weird. Wow. Yeah. But then there was also like the team beat years. Like you had to live with photo shoots. Yeah. Were those happening weekly? Uh, they were a lot. You know, it was it was probably monthly we would get together, and that's actually why we call this the Kids Want to Jump Tour is because um, they would always throw us a globe at some point because um, it's Boy Meets World. So right. your globe comes in at some point, <laughs> and then they'd say, "What do you want to do?" And Ryder, I think at one time went, "I don't know. We could jump." <laughs> 
And the, the photographer freaked out. The kid, everyone back in. The kids want to jump. The kids want to jump. So that is why this is the kids want to jump no tour that way. we have. I love that. Right right I freaking so, love that. Was it, when, when you were in that, that realm, uh, you know, Tiger Beat and all sure. that stuff, uh, was it tough to stay grounded or were you just looking around going, this is crazy? This it, is, it was, uh, it was. It, it's so absurd. Yeah. It really is where it's one of those things where people are hanging your picture on the wall. It's it, it I also have two older brothers where I I think when I was 16 I went home, 16 or 17 we just started the show. I said one thing that came off as slightly egotistical and my head was in the toilet. <laughs> that's not even a joke. You got a swirly? They lifted me up, they gave me the swirly, they put me back down. They're like that's not going to fly here and it never happened again. Sounds about right. Uh, so Never happened again. That was that was it. That was my moment of slightly big headedness. Never going to happen. And again. your parents were supportive, but like, okay, uh, we're going to drive you to the place. You yeah. do it. Well, that's my parents. So my dad's retired captain of the navy. They're both lawyers. Who's in the JAG Corps? Yeah. And my mother's a lawyer. Was a lawyer in, in Connecticut. She since retired and is an author. Um, and so they were like, we love that you want to do this, and we're fully supportive. You're now a man of eleven, so you've got to. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Um, we'll drive you to the bus station, but that's the best we can do. So I, in the 80s, I would get dropped off in, at the bus in Farmington, Connecticut. I'd take the bus to Port Authority in New York City. Wow. By um, yourself? By myself. Uh, my manager would pick me up, usually most of the time. <laughs> and um, I would wander the city, go to my auditions. And What about Nickelodeon? You had to go to Canada for that, yeah, did you Nick, Well, we did, we did some in Canada. We were and at then, 55th and 9th in Unitel Studio in, in New York. I lived wow. there with my older brother for, uh, for uh, a summer. It was always like, who could be your guardian? So when I actually got Boy Meets World, my parents, I was 16, they weren't going to move out to L.A. with me. So my oldest brother's fraternity brother happened to be moving out at the same time. Oh, man. And so Earl became my guardian, and that was it. So The frat brother. The frat brother. Um, yeah, so that was, I, I, I grew up very quickly, which is good. But I was, I, my parents are, have been married almost 60 years. I come from a very tight family. Cool. They knew I wasn't a party wild kid. I've never been to a club in my life. Um, so it was like, just go and do your thing, and, and we're here for you. It was great. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's All right. Kyle, you got a question? Well, Marissa kind of touched on it uh, with, with what she was saying, but uh, your character, Eric, went through something that I like to call the Carlton Banks syndrome. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Where uh, if, you watch the, if you watch the first episode and you compare it with the last one, you go from someone who is a, a normal functioning dude to someone you wonder if they even remember how to breathe. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, this is true. And There's wa- two good theories for that, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my question is, uh, actually, it's... Uh, and also, with that, it's interesting because, especially towards the last uh, season, you'll you'll have that type of demeanor, but then also have those moments like when Eric and Corey were fighting over cle- uh, clearing, clearing out, out the garage. garage. Everyone picks up the cleaning out the garage one, yeah. Because <laughs> you go from, as Marissa said, that doofus to someone who is very heartfelt and serious because this is a very serious moment between Eric and his brother. Right. Now... As far as the transforming into the doofus, is was that a very calculated effort? And what was it like developing or not developing the character over time? Well, the two theories of why he actually turned that way are pretty interesting. One is that since it's called Boy Meets World and it's through Corey's eyes, mm-hmm. when Corey was younger, Eric appeared to be the cool older brother. But as he aged, he oh. realized that his brother was actually more of a doofus. Okay. That's the theory. I, that's, that's kind of my, cool. It oh, is. God. My favorite theory, though, is that there's an episode where Eric repeatedly hits his head into a car door. <laughs> and so there's actual brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
almost more tragic. That's the other theory. Yes, that's the other theory. Um, So there's there are two working theories. I frankly like the latter, but that's just me. Um, Really, what it came down to was they needed bigger laughs because again, Corey and Topanga, the A storyline was getting more and more dramatic. And then they found out with the physical comedy stuff, I was just good at it. So they were kind of just kept throwing more stuff. And then I started to bet. It kind of almost became a bet between myself and the producers and the writers of how far he could Mm -hmm. go. And so by the time he's plays with squirrels or in the couch, right. then it's just, it was off to the races by that point. Wow. Okay. Uh, we mentioned William Daniels a little bit earlier, and uh, we're getting a lot of texts, and I, um, I uh, you can imagine what's coming next, but can you do the Mr. Feeney line? Uh, so this is the thing. Um, a, because of the strike, which we're still uh. very supportive of, and B, I gave it to the girls on Girl Meets World. And nice. there's an interesting story that goes back to Thundercats. Right. So uh, Larry Kenny, who was the original voice of Lion-O, yes. uh, went to a convention, and somebody said, can you do the Thundercats call? And he said, they just recast a new lino. I'll do it one more time, and then I'm passing the torch, and it's officially Wills, and I'm not going to do it anymore. And I thought that was so cool. And that you're when, not clamped on to it for yeah, eternity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And when the girls did it, we're going to do it on Girl Meets World, I went in front of the audience, I did it one more time, and I said, now it's officially yours. So well, I, I, have, um, I would have to imagine, what's the Mr. Feeney line? I mean, you don't have to do it, no, but no, I don't no, even know what so, it is. So it really what it is, is it started in the script, it's just Eric approaches the fence and says, Mr. Feeney. And you just go, Mr. Feeney, and that was it. And me being a ham by the end of the show, it was this long, like I'm just (laughs) doing all the stuff that just to keep me on camera as long as I could. It was like 90 seconds long by the time we were done. So with Girl Meets World, uh, they had the weight of having to deliver this. (laughs) It's like like saying I'm Bond, James Bond at that point. Pretty much, yeah. Did you you counsel him or did you say you're free? I helped a little bit, but I said, you're you're never going to do what I did. (laughs) You'll never approach the master. So (laughs) just go off. No, it's like, right. they knew, you know, Go they were fail. afraid of it. Yeah. And they gave him a swirly. <laughs> that is, exactly. they, yeah. The girls picked me up and yeah. dug me in the toilet. Uh, but that's what Larry Kenny said. He said, where he said, I know the first time you do this, there's going to be the weight of the world on you. I was like, the Thundercats call, you think? Yeah. So it was, it was yeah. Right, was right, right. Was and, and with the strike, are you allowed to do Thundercats or is that uh, No, Thundercats I can do. That's Thunder. Thunder. Thundercats ho! Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so no, animation I could do all the time. Yes. I could be Batman the whole time. That's fine. <laughs> um, so Girl Meets World was on Disney. Disney mm-hmm. uh, is was Boy Meets World affiliated with Disney? I don't know. Yeah, all so okay. so ABC and Disney were. Okay. were it was the ABC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had had, I forgot who we had in, uh, who had a Disney show, Casey, years ago, and we asked him about, wow, you must get the run of the parks. You must be able to do all this stuff. And they were like, no. 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 You no. would think so, but no. Occasionally. And when Disney does throw a party, they throw a party. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. So, yeah, if it's like their 35th anniversary, they fly you all there in a jet, you get to go behind the scenes at all the rides, all that kind of stuff. The rest of the time, they're like, the line starts back there. I would think if there's anywhere you would, as, as a as a kid, Kid where you would want to throw your quasi-celebrity weight around, even if you were able to understand celebrity weight, would be at the amusement parks. Yeah. And you couldn't even get traction. But yeah. you got the greatest gift of all time, that preview of Universal. Oh, oh that was still... I, I people mean, always say, what's the best job you ever had? I'll never beat that. I mean, yeah. I had a theme park to myself at 13. You <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. You're never going to beat that. I don't care what I do ever in my life. That is the pinnacle. Well, I love you, babe. That's to my wife. <laughs> oh, um, and my wedding. And my wedding. Number two. And, <laughs> but it was the perfect perfect match of the theme park and a 13-year-old. Yeah. Like, yeah. it couldn't have happened at a better time. Yeah, it was just, it was the coolest thing in the world. And then it was like, hey, we've got to shoot something today where you need to go to the restaurants and eat all the fun food. And thing like, all oh, right, <laughs> I guess we'll do that. <laughs> great. Uh, I love it. it I great. love it. Yeah, yeah. it's a stuff you dream. I mean, years ago, there, uh, you know, the first time I had a taste of something like that, a radio job president at 
uh, station here, DRE, mm-hmm. and there was the um, the, the the food, uh, the uh, comedians. Uh, um, what was the the big drive? The HBO Comic Relief. Oh yes. yes. So they flew um, my wife and I out to California to Universal. We got that cut the line. I mean, <gasps> cut the line. I had a Make a Wish kids. Oh, you know, yeah. like, like, and I'm like, oh my god, oh. And, and, and 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 you know, you're like, I feel horrible, but I'm loving this. Yeah. Uh, so, so it, uh, to me, for you to process that and then kind of keep it in check, I guess the swirlies held. They do. It, you it, got yeah. the two older brothers. Yeah, it definitely helped because it, it, yeah. it would seem almost an insert. You, you are, you, you don't have so many kids and, and childhood actors succumb to things. Yeah. And I think what happens, and correct me if I'm wrong, other kids naturally. Are like this guy, like they'll be, they'll bristle at that. Like you think you're going to have, like, oh wow, you're in the show, but does that happen, or do you get sort of outcast status at school? It, it, well, it depends. Unfortunately, when you're a kid, anything that makes you different is bad. Okay. It doesn't matter what it is. It, you right. know, I, I remember for a good year. Uh, <laughs> So it's it's funny and yet horrible for me to say at the same time. Every, in like seventh grade, every time I open my mouth in class, two or three people go, I'm sorry, I was just acting. <laughs> every time I opened my mouth. Right. Um, so, yeah, nothing. <laughs> Don't start with me. It's, it's, you're re-triggering me all over. Um, no, no, no. But so it was. it is. It's just anything is anything. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's also one of those things where I, you know, again, from the family, it all comes from how you're raised. So the family I came from, Getting, you know, getting the big head or, uh, you know, falling down the rabbit hole of, you know, you're literally somebody cool on Thursday night and then the show's over on Friday morning. You're you're somebody. You're, 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 you're you again. Yeah. And and it's one of those things where if there's no difference between those teams, it's like, no, I was just me Thursday night. I just had a different job. Right. And you're fine. Yeah. If your whole life is about, well, what am I going to do now? I need to chase that high. Then you have some problems. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to slip back and go back to producing. But uh, okay. two things. Yeah. I think have you guys been to the real chubbies no we're getting oh. we, we're going we're okay. going, i think we're going either today or tomorrow we're okay. going to the real chubbies which is awesome yeah That's which awesome. by the way when we come and do the slide with our cardboard thing we're gonna i want to make a oh. chubby's oh. booth <laughs> cardboard classic cardboard classic i yeah. want to make a full chubby set that the cast slides down oh. the hill oh, i've already thought oh. about it i've already thought about what i want to do so, well yeah. with the trick shot at the pool yes. table <laughs> thank you um so then add this to your list i think you guys should also go to independence hall yeah and record yourself singing like sit down john Somebody open up the window. <laughs> just do our 70, 1776 yes. for Mr. Feeney. That I love was that. Mr. Feeney's line in the movie. It was, um, well, the series, by the way, for people who don't know, it took place in Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. that's yeah. obviously the big connection. Is there a John Adams High in Philadelphia? Is that a real thing? No. Or they make that up just for the show. They made that okay. up for Corey, okay. and you guys would always have all the Phillies gear. Of course. And it was like the 93 Phillies it all was over the, the best. place. Yeah. Um, I'm officially Team Eric. Move over, Team Sean. Yes. yes. Oh, look yes. Sorry. Peace out. <laughs> all right. Love that. Great mic drop. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, the event is coming up on Saturday, and if you want to get tickets, uh, it's through the Met, and uh, you can go to themetphilly.com to get all that. But um, So it's not till Saturday. You guys, are you doing any more of the city while you're here? Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a history buff, so I want to do all the history oh, stuff. I've been here before, and this is like, you know, I grew up in Connecticut where some of the history comes from. Um, and, <laughs> it does uh, come from there, too. Boston, Philly, that whole this whole vibe of just the kind of the birthplace of our country I'm a big fan of. So yeah, The great part is when you're here and you're able to drink it in, whatever you see, it's 
probably the first. Right. Yeah. I, the I, first. I can't yeah. wait. So, Which is yeah, amazing. Going yeah. to where the Second Continental Congress was yeah. and Liberty Bell. I'm just, yeah, I'm over the moon. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Excellent. All right. We'll get the tickets. Uh, TheMetPhilly.com. It's Pod Meets World. The Kids Want to Jump Tour. And we hope you have a great time while you're in town. Thank you so much for having me here. This has been great. Absolutely. Uh, Will Fredell, yeah. guys. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a second. Stay with us. If you think Jackie Bam Bam is colorful on the radio, just wait till you see him in this year's Mummers Parade. MMR's beloved nighttime host once again struts his stuff down Broad Street in Philly's New Year's Day tradition. So if you're heading downtown, cheer him on. If your plans include the couch and nursing a hangover, well, then text MUMMER to 39333. We'll text you a link and let you know the how and when to catch Jackie on TV. Plus, check out a gallery of Jackie Bam Bam's award-winning MUMMER costumes from the station that loves being a Philadelphia tradition, too. 93. WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. Kevin James in a little less than 10 minutes were scheduled to have him, so I think I better use that time to clean out my junk drawer. It's the junk drawer. Preston's cleaning out his junk drawer. Getting things out of his junk drawer. Finding stuff here in the junk drawer. All right. <laughs> Let me dive in and see what we can find. All right. The 2023 Scripps National Spelling Bee uh, ended. It ha- happened last night, and it ended the old-fashioned way with two competitors left on the stage. There was no spell-off required this year. Thank God. I, didn't, uh, I felt like the final word was, listen, in terms for us, yes, but like I didn't think it was all that well, difficult. Com- compared to some of the other words, it was not. Yeah. You're right. But uh, Dev Shaw was his name, an eighth grader from Largo, Florida, and the word he spelled was uh, samophile. Uh, correctly with the uh, for the 95th National B and won the $50,000 prize. I like when it's decisive like this and there's not that lingering thing, you Nick, know. Nick, did you see? Did, I did not, no. Okay, did you spell that or uh, try? Well, I, I probably need to do the things that they do, like a, give me a, a hint or whatever, the, the country of origin. That All right, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. I'll give you the, the definition. Hang on a second here. Uh, a samophile is an organism that prefers or thrives in Sandy soils or areas. I don't know the origin or any right. of that stuff. Uh, it's it's a noun, obviously. I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I would go uh, S A M M O P H I L E. Dude, you got you missed. So it starts with a P. Yeah, oh, yeah. P S S. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So P S. Uh, uh, but other, other than that, you got it all 100. Oh, percent Way to go, me. Way to go, you. Hey, was there a um, Delco representative in the uh, B? No. <laughs> 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 Here, let me let me spell something for you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you. Uh, that was such a genuine laugh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and oh, I also have no, no idea. <laughs> uh, I, not that I know of, Casey. I know the there are, uh, the, the, the last couple of champions have been of Indian descent. Correct. I have no idea what Shaw's uh, uh, heritage is, but his name is Dev Shaw. Yeah. Uh, and he's from Largo, Florida. But um, I do not know. There's also he beat out. Um, Second place was Charlotte Walsh from uh, Arlington, Virginia, and she could yes, not. Could you use that in a sentence, please? <laughs> uh, she could not nail uh, Davely, 
D A V I E L Y. That was very Davely. Um, so she got twenty five grand for second place. Not and bad. Third place was uh, Shraddha uh, Rakhmarde and Asurya Kapu, and they each won twelve thousand and five hundred dollars. So wow. nice take for everybody. That's yeah, a, that's a, I mean, it's super stressful. Those things. So some of the other words, the other ones that Shah got right. I mean, like I can't even pronounce. Yeah. Um, uh, Bethy Pitto. Pitotmeter. <laughs> Bethy Pitotmer. I, I, okay. You know Bethy Pitotmer. Uh, she keeps handies in the balcony. <laughs> oh my God. Tolcester. Uh, Romac. Uh, Agargras. <laughs> Agagras. By the way, Kayaki. may we assume that the judges have to be, and I guarantee you, they all don't know how to pronounce these words. They have to get the proper pronunciation down pat before they do this, right? Oh, well, sure. They have to. They're, they're probably spelling the people themselves. But uh, how about this one? Uh, Shisto <laughs> Rashis. Oh, yeah. Shisto Rashis. Shisto Rashis. So let me spell that for you. S-C-H-I-S-T-O-R-R-H-A-C-H-I-S. So what uh, definition there or no? Uh, no. All right. Here's another one. Uh... Polio, polioxetics, uh, periochi, <laughs> perioichi, uh, exhortation. Okay. That one I got. Uh, kokomot. That's the uh, oh, Beach Boys song. Yeah. Down, in Aruba. Down in Kokomot. <laughs> Aruba, Jamaica, Schistorecaratus. <laughs> uh, Argios. Is one that sounds like one you would know, Steve? Argios, Ardios, R A R. It means goodbye in Spanish. A R. No, that's adios. A R D O I S E. Ardois. Okay. Ardois. Ardois. I don't know. So soir. Voulez vous coucher avec moi? Oh, it's a kind of slate. Yes, a slate used for sleeping. Correct. I don't know. Slate bedrock. Yeah, it's like a, a it's slate a, used as bedrock. No, it's a, a slate as in a type of slate. Thing, the rock. A thing that you would find in a slate. In a slate place. Um, so the moment that he word that he heard the word, Shaw knew that he he won. Like it like he that was a word, Samophile. He knew it. Was one that he knew. They have to study rent. by the way, over the course of the years, lists have a, have been um, you know, put together and they can repeat and and actually study past victories. Um, Casey's right. Yeah. There was a Delco native in the in the spelling bee yeah. last night. No kidding. And actually, he's from right around uh, where I grew up. He's from Morton, Pennsylvania. Morton. Yeah. So Morton and Rutledge, those are the two towns that we have the same zip code as yes. uh, as Morton. Collectively, they're known as Dorton. <laughs> it would be Rorton, I guess. Uh, but yeah, 19070. Okay. Uh, so Wow. Was one of the finalists? It looks like he... Uh, this, this year's came, yeah. 10. It says 11 finalists. That's pretty good. That's yeah. excellent. Who's there from Bucks County? I think he was born in Bucks County, actually. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But he, for some reason, goes to Garnet Valley Middle School, which is not near Morton. Um, is, and Garnet Valley is a public school, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he lives in two households. Yeah, so uh, his know. name is Pranav, and he loves reading books and solving Rubik's Cubes. All right. Very good. Oh, man, my, my uh, son's friend... Uh, came in second or third in a national competition for solving Rubik's cubes oh as, as fast as. <laughs> oh, you mentioned possible. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what was the time, man? I, Steve, I took this kid to a, a Sixers game.
game um, a couple of months ago, and uh, under two seconds, it's it's remarkable to see because it doesn't even look like his. It, it looks like a machine's doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. Some kind of yeah. optical illusion. Yep. Um, but his name's Topher, and uh, he is of Chinese descent. He is unbelievable in, in how quickly he can do this. Uh, I hope this isn't an indication of my intelligence, but uh, I have never once been able to solve a Rubik's Cube. No. Oh, no. no. You can't either? No. no. My, my no. son can, but he learned it from Preston's son. Like, yeah. I was just saying, is there a way? Yeah, can somebody teach me? Like, you I've, can be taught. I've yeah. always wanted to do it, and... Could never it's do like it. up one, left two, you know, like uh, over, down, you know, and so right there's foot a, in, left foot out. There's an algorithm, so uh, the bank, yeah, to one being one in the stink. Right. But uh, no, I wouldn't be able to figure it out with my own brain. But what? But, but like the okay. equation is the angle of the dangle plus the heat of the meat equals the torque of the door. That's right. But that can't be it. It, it, it you just do that. Yeah, yeah, essentially. That pattern yeah. the enti- for, until it's solved? Until it's solved. Yeah. There are people yeah. that do something um, similar to that. That'll do the, the much larger versions that have a lot more oh my God. squares on them. Yep. There are ones that'll do two at once. Yep. Uh, which is pretty wild. There's a kid at my pool who can do it. Um, I think he was he was getting like under a minute, which <laughs> was really impressive to watch him do it. And if he if it went over a minute, like he would get angry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Carter could he, he back when he was in his prime, you'd hand him one and he'd just he'd crank it out <laughs> within a you know a minute or so. Yeah, and I'm just like that's insane. I, I don't need, I don't want to know how to do that. <laughs> I'm actually it's it, I'm, I want to do it one time. Okay, well I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure there's a YouTube video that shows you the algorithm on how you do it. But yeah. I, it just seems impossible. And they, and they sell these speed cubes, which yes. makes it easier because I couldn't even twist the nap. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Frickin you Rubik's you Cube. Frickin' Rubik's Cube. Oh, my son can't even can do it. Frickin' do it. He can do it uh, blindfolded. That wh- Shut up. Yeah. Can, How? Uh, oh, so, so, oh, no, so no, he'll no. look at it before he puts the blindfold on. Uh, no. And then can do it that I'm way. sorry. Yeah. That's like that's like Children of the Damned. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When yes. you see people yeah. juggling it and doing three as they're juggling them, that's no. impressive. Too. No, I, I, right. I, I'm, I'm frightened of those children. <laughs> yes. I'm, well, I, I'll tell you something impressive. Our next guest. Oh, oh, oh yeah. He's going to be uh, at the Kimmel Cultural Campus. Or actually, he's going to be playing at the Academy of Music, uh, which is on the Kimmel uh, Cultural Campus. But... Uh, it's great that he's coming back to Philadelphia because uh, he loves the town. The town loves him. Yeah, absolutely. It's a mutual love thing. Please welcome Mr. Kevin James to the show. Hi, wow. Kevin. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. How are you guys? We, doing well. We're doing great, man. And yourself. I'm doing great. I'm I'm excited to come there. Uh, you're right, man. It's a mutual love. I I, I love Philly, and uh, I'm just I'm excited to get in there and uh, and, and have some fun with everybody. Awesome. It's it's always great when you return to the stand up stage. That's where you you know you're you're I'm I'm sure all the stuff you do phenomenal, but the passion has to be with that original thing that got you to the dance. You spent so many years doing stand up comedy, correct? It is, it is, and it's like it's yeah, it's, it's what started me. And when I was doing like uh, the TV show or doing uh, movies, like it, 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 it suffered my stand-up for a while because I couldn't write. You know, you got to write and get into it and and really dedicate time to it. And uh, a, a couple of years ago, I just I just stopped what I was doing, uh, everything else, and then uh, just got into to writing again and really fell in love with it all over again. Cool. And, uh, it's been so much fun on tour. Hey, Kevin, uh, at, at the beginning of, of, of stand-up, when, when, when that first entered your life, were you, uh, you kind of nudged in that direction? Were people like, dude, you're funny. You should go do this. Or was this you? Did you drive yourself to go do it? 
Um, it was me, I think. I don't think people... I mean, I was always funny around my friends, kind of, but yeah. I was more of a shy kid, and uh, I, I kind of just... It was lack of anything else to do. I was... Uh, <laughs> I was yeah. in college for sports man management, and my brother got into stand-up, and he started doing stuff like that, and it was just... It, it, it was an easy way to not work for me, I thought. And then I fell in love with it, you know? Yeah, Kevin, I, I remember... So I remember your your, your brother, of a funny stand-up in his own right, uh, good comedic actor and i remember you and and i know you uh, was Eastside comedy club where you initially honed your stuff i used to do i i was coming into that just in the final stages of Eastside comedy club with the, i guess people like bob nelson and dave hawthorne and uh, rob bartlett those guys the, sure yeah so it was a great place and i think there was that notion because there was such a glut of comedy shows on around that era that a lot of people go well let me take a take that out for a spin and and i think yeah i can see where you'd be motivated to give it a shot yourself Without without a doubt, I love it. It was Richie Minervini's place, and yeah. just so much fun uh, back in the day. I mean, Eddie Murphy was there. He, you know, this was before me, but uh, you know, all all these greats that that came through there. It was it's it was inspiring, and it was just so much fun, man. I loved it. Did you ever play that place, Dixon's White House? No, that was before my time. Okay, but uh, and that's where they all started, I, I guess. First, right? And yeah, by virtue of my the, my my name being Morrison, I was the, he would do put little plaques up on the wall, and my little plaque right. was up next to Eddie Murphy. Uh, I'm like, yeah. I'm going to stick with that. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, it was awesome. it, it was it was very cool. I wanted to to tell you something, and just watching your stand up is is so good, and I think there's something intrinsic because you're very physical too and I was thinking of people like Sebastian Maniscalco and people who have there's a there's a singular way to approaching um his comedy the way you do facial expressions body movement figures so prominently into it it's almost like a built-in um lock or safety on your material from being liberated by anybody else how did you develop your style <laughs> Well, that's it. That's you know, it's like I'm a frustrated athlete, I guess. You know, and once that didn't pan out for me, I had to use the uh, the energy some other way. So it was like physicality and stand up, and that's they always are the ones that made me laugh the most. Uh, from Gleason, who was, yeah. uh, you know, Jackie Gleason wasn't a stand up, but it was just such a uh, a big presence and and could move. That was really cool. And then there's, of course it was, you know, Bob Nelson was great, and 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 uh, Jim Carrey, and just all those guys. It was just like man. Man, it, 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 it definitely struck a chord in me, and I, and I loved it. You know, and so it's incorporating trying to, you know, the the, the funny material and, and and the physical movements, and that that was it. No, it's 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 great. And you, I was just watching. I, I fell down a, a YouTube hole, and I was watching a clip of of uh, Rogan, a Joe Rogan, um, basically celebrate, like saying, basically, you know. Kevin James, a real martial artist, and he was—I think he was with Boss Rutten, I think it was—and mm. uh, and, and uh, they were talking about, you know, you're the real deal. I mean, you 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 wrestled in school, and you've always been physical. Did you wrestle with Mick Foley? I did. I I was a running back in in high school on on our football team, and they didn't have a heavyweight really, other than Mick. So there was nobody really to go with him and to get him better. So they they brought me on the team, and uh, I I was. Uh, I, 
yeah, me and Mick would would roll all the time. Uh, and I was, I had like a, I didn't know how to wrestle. I had a double leg takedown that was pretty strong. And I, if you didn't know how to defend against that, I would take you down. But <laughs> soon after that, like, if you knew anything about wrestling, you would reverse me, and that was it. <laughs> well, you, 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 they, and they were saying this that you're, you, you'll sort of deflect uh, the the um, the accolades that you get, but uh, you know, you're you're uh, you were here uh, to promote. Here comes the boom uh, in studio, and um, you know, obviously, you'd gotten into real good good fighting shape there. But is it something you stick with on a <laughs> on a daily basis? <laughs> No, that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish I was lying when I said this, but I'm literally sitting right now. I, will, I should have Skyler send you guys a picture. Uh, I'm sitting outside of a physical therapy office right now <laughs> where I just, because I tore my bicep training for a, I've got a, a fight movie I start on, on Monday. Oh, it's oh, a really no. cool movie, but uh, my bicep training for it and, and we were uh, rehearsing, I tore it. I completely tore it, so it's completely black and blue now and ripped up, and I've got to wrestle these massive guys and <sighs> these guys literally on, on Tuesday of next week. Dude, that's, oh, man, that's... Better now. That, I'm sh- the answer to, am I in the shape from boom? No, I'm not in the Will you have to have surgery to fix it? They said you if you have surgery, you have to do it within like two to three weeks. Uh, but I would we would have to shut the movie down, and oh, it's it's really it's it's amazing because you can still curl your arm and do a lot with your you know the other muscles, uh, and it's really more aesthetic, you know, about because it looks a little weird that it rolled up. Um, yeah. But, uh, other than that, they they say it's not worth getting. So uh, listen, we're we're yeah, sim- not, we're we're a similar age, Kevin, and and, and I uh, my I, I, total respect because I threw my shoulder out turning a screwdriver the other day. <laughs> He's not kidding. I'm not kidding. I had to go to an orthopedic and a whole like, literally turning a screw with a screwdriver. So the fact that you can get in there and mix it up with these guys, tremendous respect. <laughs> Oh, well, I appreciate that, but uh, it wasn't as sexy as it sounds. <laughs> it's moderately sexy. I have to compliment you, by the way, since the last time we, we had you on, uh, that movie Becky came out. Yeah. And, and you play a badass convict in straight-up drama roles. You're damn good. Is there any inclination oh. to pursue that a little bit? I mean, you were you were menacing as well, F in that movie. This one is the same exact thing. I play a, a, a father. It's called Guns Up. I play a father uh, that's a really good father who's a, a cop who's just not making enough money at being a cop uh, to, to actually help his kids get into the school and stuff. And he has to moonlight, and he and he kind of works for the mob, and he's just a brawler. And he's and it's really uh, a, a badass movie, and it's 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 got a lot of you know it's like a little bit John Wick and a lot of fun too. Good, but it's it's. It's fun. It's 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 dramatic, and it's really it's a really cool movie that I'm I'm hoping to do more like that. So I'm glad you like that one. No, loved it, and it was it got great reviews. If you if you haven't seen it, it's called Becky, and it's just kind of a basically it's it's little little girl diehard against some some uh, some yeah. some badass psychopathic criminals, and you and you're the lead, and yeah. and uh, yeah, man. I, it, to me, it's cool because honestly, what you can bring disarmingly to your comedy, if you port that over to a lunatic. It's very unnerving. It's very cool. 
Yeah, uh, well, I appreciate that, man. Kevin, I love the fact that you've named your tour the Irregardless Tour. <laughs> um, and yeah. is is there a reason behind that uh, that non-word that you're using for the title? Because I was using it all the time. Like, I would say it, and people would say, you know, that's not a word. <laughs> no, no, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know, so. <laughs> uh, well, you're humble enough to, to throw it out there in big, bright letters now. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I might as well shine a light on it. <laughs> uh, did I see, so I, I know that uh, this is the first show of the, at least the, 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 the leg of the tour dates that I'm looking at uh, for your, uh, for the Irregardless tour, but uh, I think you did a show in April and did um, uh, Leah Remini come out for that? Uh, was April? Yeah, it says here, it says no, you no. did a stand-up show April 2023, and uh, Leah Remini, you guys kind of had a little bit of a reunion with her. I'm trying to think when we did this. Maybe uh, that's wrong. Philly? No, 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 it wasn't Philly. You, no, this was uh, the uh, part of this tour, but it was, I, we assume it was part of this tour. And, and they, uh, oh, we, oh, yeah. oh, oh, no, yes, I was, that was out in California, yes. She okay. came out to one of my shows, that's what it was. Was that? And, uh, uh, I just announced her there. Oh, well, that's cool. And how, how close do you guys remain uh, to this day? Oh, we're, we're very close. I mean, you know, she, she's just the greatest. You know, uh, we certainly, we never talk as much as we, uh, we I'd like to because, we, you know, we're, we're, she's so busy and, and we're kind of, uh, you know, we live on opposite coasts. But we, we, you know, check in all the time. And uh, no, I love her, man. She's just really good people and just the greatest. She really is. I love her. Uh, I'd love to work with her. I love her so much. She, I think she's one of my favorite people in Hollywood, like yeah. overall out of anybody. Without a doubt, she's one of mine. She's, if not it, she's like literally the greatest. Well, you have you have such good chemistry. I remember when you you, you brought her on to Kevin Can Wait, and uh, mm. and it was it was sensational. There's something there that that you can't argue with, and you guys have it. Yeah, it didn't it didn't work on that show. Finally, yeah. when it would when it bailed out, but it's like it's it, it, she's just. I mean, she's so natural, and she's um, she's just amazing. She really is. She's the best I've ever worked with. She's just that that good. She's so good, and she makes me better. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Does. She's awesome. Kevin, speaking of uh, being made better, you know, Jerry Stiller just had a natural ability to make people laugh just by existing. Um, and when you were on set with him, uh, you know, was it what was it like? I, I, he just seems to me like such a fascinating but uh, always hilarious guy. It, it's, it's exactly it. He's the sweetest man you'd ever, you know, ever. You could, you could, you would never imagine how sweet he is. Like he is incredibly sweet, incredibly funny. He's so not the guy who yells and like, you, know, you see him and the, the, you know, he's just. And it was you know him and Anne, you know, his wife was. They were just the most incredible people to have because she was so funny. He was there, you know, and he was. He's just always, always wanted to work the craft, always loved it, always complimenting, always building you up. Um, and again, nobody funnier when you're standing face to face with. I can, I couldn't hold it together. I mean, just because he'd be out of his mind, and he's so, so good at what he does, and every movement he does. You talk about a physical comedian. Yeah. yeah. He, he just had these body movements, whether he meant to do them or not, that would just floor you. Does that does that still remain a uh, potential in your in your long game here? Another sitcom, or is it uh, stand up for a while now with some movies? I mean. Yeah, I- I- 
I don't know. You know, it feels like, uh, uh, you, you know, I got tired of the sitcom and people got tired of me in it, too. It's like it's like one of those things where it's like you kind of done this for a while. Um, but I love it to be able to do that, to bounce into a movie uh, and then and, and always continue to stand up. And, you know, it's I'm really blessed with that. So it's like I, I would never say no to another sitcom. I loved it. You know, the the, uh, the format of the, you know, the four camera and the audience there feels like it's not a around anymore like it's hard to see it somewhere and it doesn't really to me it doesn't really work on netflix and right. i don't know it's just a different different time and, and it, it, i would never say it's over over who knows you know maybe it'll come back so guns up if it if everything if considering your your bicep injury and so on and so forth when when might we expect this well i i don't even know like we're literally just shooting starting monday so it's like uh <laughs> Maybe, you know, eight, nine months after that. All right. All right. It sounds very intriguing, man. I'm excited man. for it. I'm All right. excited. I'm also excited because my buddy Steve Martirano is uh, opening a restaurant, coming back to Philly. Ah. I know him from Ca- Cafe Martirano. He's awesome, man. He's got a place called, I don't know, it's Prime or something, but he makes amazing Italian food, Italian-American food, so check him out. Excellent. Yeah. Done and done. All right, Friday, June 16th, so it's rapidly approaching, and uh, Kevin's going to be at the Academy of Music. Dude, it is great to catch up with you. Congrats on getting back out on the road, and good luck with everything, and we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, guys, and thanks so much for everything. I really appreciate it. You and great. Anytime, buddy. All right, Kevin James. Yeah. He's just Love that guy. He's just the, the best. All right, I'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Your smart speaker can settle arguments, tell you the weather, and even order stuff. But did you know it can also stream WMMR, ask it to open MMR, and it'll begrudgingly comply. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. How about this? A stranded hiker was rescued from the California wilderness after surviving for two weeks on a jar of salsa. Yeah, I could do that. The hiker was found by a couple camping between Big Bear Lake and Angeles Oaks after they heard him screaming for help at a plane flying overhead. I need chips! Uh, 
Um, <laughs> when they found him, the man who gave his la- his name is uh, Eric told Allison Scott that he had got lost two weeks earlier after leaving his hometown of Oceanside, California, with more than thirty hours of walking distance away. Allison said, "We were underneath a flight path, and an airplane went by pretty low, and we heard someone yelling for help. He had a stick with a water bottle on it, trying to signal. He couldn't walk. His feet were extremely swollen and." infected just oh, from walking boy. so much. That must have looked hilarious. And possibly the cold where he was. Uh, she said that she called authorities and a rescue helicopter was able to recover Eric within 15 minutes. Uh, she hopes to see Eric again. Eric. Uh, she said that uh, he told her he doesn't have a cell phone. We have his landline phone. And he said, whenever you get to Oceanside, I'll take you out to dinner. Just give me a call. Aww. But he also said, I'm very sorry for putting a damper on your camping trip. And she had responded to him, I'm just glad. I'm busy. Can you leave me alone? <laughs> I'm just glad you're okay. Trying to survive out here. I don't think I'm going to make it. Stop bothering me. Uh, when customers enter the Dawson's Creek Cannabis Company store to oh. buy marijuana, some are stopped dead in their tracks by what look, looks like a full-sized glowing coffin in the middle of the store. Uh, illuminated from within, it looks like a stained glass casket. But it's actually a work of art crafted from cow placentas oh, created by local rancher and artist Emily Matson. So she said it raises eyebrows. Uh, she said it makes a bit of a spark. Some people are totally disgusted and walk away horrified, but some are amazed. Uh, Matson said that... like my hat? It's a cow butthole. She was first inspired to use the unusual artistic medium uh, during calving season at a ranch more than 20 years ago. This is a little ghoulish. Helping to deliver a calf in her barn in bitterly cold weather, she slung the placenta over a light at the edge of the stall. Yeah. And she said, I look over, uh, and with the light behind it, the placenta looks like stained glass. Oh, my God. It's amazing. At the time, Madsen was running 300 head of cattle and raising a family on the farm, but was already an artist working in paint and sculpture. Uh, She soon began to experiment with adding preserved placenta to her repertoire. Uh, Preserved in a special brine, she says placenta dries like parchment or leather, preserving dramatic colors. Look at my lamp, it's a baby head. Uh, calving season gave her a plentiful supply. Uh, while she said her neighbors in ranch country were dismissive at first, they eventually started saving the placentas of their own animals <laughs> wow. and brought them over in buckets to uh, top off her supplies. Uh, even the local veterinarian contributed, she said. Uh, Madsen has since used placentas in many of her multimedia pieces. Sounds like a Hallmark Christmas movie, Preston. <laughs> For the coffin-shaped uh, work she calls the treasure box, which took her two years to make, the stretched placenta across a metal frame, and that's held up by a well-worn chassis. Yeah. Uh, it's now been given uh, pride of placement in a cannabis dispensary, a 20-minute drive from her ranch. So. Well, if it brings in the tourists, why not? Why not? Well, an elf on the shelf almost set a family's home ablaze after the oh. mother discovered the burning smell was her son's cremated toy whose entire face had melted off. Uh, <laughs> Max Oliver had just introduced the uh, mischievous-looking elf to her son, Charlie, then five, but within 15 minutes, there was a burning smell. Uh, the acrid smell of burnt plastic started spreading through the house, and her boyfriend raced upstairs shouting that something was on fire. 
uh, as the uh, tired couple scrambled around downstairs smelling their plug sockets for an electrical fault. Uh, stay-at-home mother Max glanced up at the light to find Buddy's strippy or stripy stockings dangling from the ceiling light. What? Max then erupted in hysterical laughter as she quickly snatched the toy from the ultra-hot light bulb where it had been all day before spotting its charred face and its head completely caved in. That's going to be traumatizing for a kid. But it could have started a fire yeah. in the house. Now she's uh, revealed the disfigured elf has been banished uh, from their kitchen cupboard or to their kitchen cupboard for the last two years to avoid scarring her son for life. A man crashed his car Thursday night and reportedly acted like he was a cop when officers arrived. I'll handle this. Yeah, officers were called around 11 o'clock after a neighbor reported hearing gunshots and seeing a car stuck in the mud. They found Elmer Monterosa standing near the car. Now, Elmer showed signs that he was drunk, they said, and had a California Highway Patrol badge hanging around his neck on a chain. <laughs> the suspect allegedly told the deputy that he was a police officer. I was first on the scene. I'll take care of this. The responding deputy realized that uh, Matarosa was not a police officer and that the badge around his neck was stolen. Uh, a handgun and spent shell casings were found near the car. A box of ammunition and magazines were also found inside the vehicle. Uh, Matarosa was arrested for negligent discharge of a firearm Possession of stolen property, impersonating a police officer, and other charges. The bail was set at twenty thousand dollars. I never thought of that approach. Yeah, just pretend like yeah. you're a cop. I've pulled myself over. All right, and then uh, finally, we will end with this one. This is a strange story. Uh, a man who vanished in Connecticut nearly a decade ago has now been found dead in New York where he was living under a different name. Robert Hoagland was last seen uh, in 2013 at a gas station in Newtown, Connecticut, authorities said. He was reported missing the next day after failing to pick up a relative from the airport, and he also didn't show up for work that day. All his money, keys, cell phone, medication were still at his home. Mm. Uh, the search uh, for him went cold after a while. Did he fake so, his disappearance? So you would think with that yeah. appearance, that someone was abducted or yes. something along those lines, so leaving without a trace like that. Uh, the disappearance received widespread media attention. Featured on an episode of the Investigation Discovery Series, Disappeared. And on Monday, the Sullivan County Sheriff's Office in upstate New York contacted the Newtown Police Department about Hoagland. Sheriff's Department said uh, deputies responded to the death of a man at a home in Rock Hill. After not being able to identify him, they found papers with the name Robert Hoagland on it. And they later learned that Hoagland had been reported missing from Newtown and believed that he was living in New York under the name Richard King mm. since about November 2019. He was just somebody who just up and left, who dropped wow. his life and just took off. They said that there are no signs of foul play. He went and he lived his life as somebody else somewhere else. This happens more than you might think, where it's you completely go off the grid and, and name yourself Dick King. And what's weird is it didn't seem, you know, there weren't any, I, I guess, indicators that he would go missing. Yeah. And just, got dude just dropped his life and left. Do you ever think about it? Like, you're like, go off completely I off the just grid? left. If like, you could do it or just... How? No, like what I don't. I think about like what would be left behind. Like, would right. it be, Like, would it matter? <laughs> of course, it would wow. matter. <laughs> would they care? Wow. But like, where no. would you go? Where could you be somewhere where no one will ever see? Do you, you? know where they where they often do go? Uh, like the the bayou. The those who are able to acclimate to it. There's that's an area where you can. They talk about it on those discovery investigation shows. A lot of times, people end up out there. Well, living in the swamp. Yeah. 
That's Marissa, great. No, I'd go, I would. I'd go to like a Caribbean island and like work at a resort and just be like. You don't like swamps? Jenny. And I feel like the same thing, but then people are going to come up and be yeah, like, maybe Kathy, uh-huh. be like, no, Jenny. Mm, uh, get that a lot from the block. Leave me alone, girl from like Philly. Yeah. No, I've never really thought about that. That's interesting. Oh yeah, me neither. What? <laughs> what it would be like if you just up and dropped it all and left. It'd be too damn hard to I start don't think over this again, woman man. Is an Eskimo? <laughs> yeah. No, I think about it like cocktail all the time, like Tom, Tom Cruise? Cruise just working behind the bar, some random yeah, resort. Yeah, like in I Jamaica. Would, I wouldn't want. I would. Yeah, I would just. Um, but then I would. But then I'd have like ambition, and I'd want to like like run the resort. Right. right <laughs> I'd exactly. be like, this isn't that. This right. isn't going well. I want to run it. Hey, Romano, we got a toilet backed up over here. We need <laughs> yeah, you to go clean that. Yeah, I love cleaning toilets. I love having sex, and I love. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> all right, let's take a break, friends. We got some stuff going on. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. This weekend, 93.3 WMMR says farewell to 2023 with our annual countdown of the year's biggest songs. The MMR Top 25 Countdown. A two and a half hour look at everything that rocked Philadelphia in 2023. Great tunes from veteran bands like Foo Fighters, Green Day, and even the Rolling Stones. To newer artists like Jelly Roll, The Revivalists, and Mammoth WVH. Catch it New Year's Eve starting at noon with an encore presentation New Year's Day at 3 from the station that's ready to spend another year playing everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by Gary Barbera's on the Boulevard. Is Barbera the best? Boy, I guess. The trash business is old mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. What's up this morning, Steve? Well, Aerosmith had to call off their Friday night show in Las Vegas after Steven Tyler fell ill. The band's spokesman says it's nothing to be alarmed about and that Steven is just going through menopause. (laughs) A recent sports betting commercial featuring Drew Brees appearing to get hit by lightning has enraged a lightning strike survivors organization. The organization has also drawn support from another group which champions victims of pianos rigged with dynamite. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, the bodybuilder known as the Liver King because he was sworn that uh, a diet of raw liver and not steroids was making him huge has had to admit that he has in fact been using steroids. Brian Johnson says that he had known, had he known he would eventually get discovered, he would have labeled himself the Hagendas King. Yeah. <laughs> September 16th, uh, the MMRBQ is taking place. And we have so many great acts that are going to be on board. I was really delighted when I found out that this band is going to be playing uh, at the festival. They were in town not too long ago at the Brooklyn Bowl, and they are currently uh, promoting their album Blood Harmony, which came out not that long ago. And we are excited to have Rebecca and Megan Lovell Larkin. Yay! Yay! On the show. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to talk to you guys again. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> oh, man, the pleasure is ours. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure uh, as well. Listen, I, I'm going to be straight up with you guys. Uh, you are my favorite current band in the world right now. I'm oh, Lord. I've fallen in love with you guys. And I think part of it was the, the live performance that you guys did here in the studio. And I think that you guys, uh, you know, sometimes you need to see a band live to really get it. 
And I'm just blown away by your uh, musical abilities and seeing you guys perform here and pull it off with, you know, virtually uh, just acoustic, you know. Yeah. And, and it was something else. So. And he's not being hyperbolic. He, he will mention you guys all the time. So it's the truth. That that means so much to us, and I so appreciate that. Yeah, and we appreciate the opportunity. You know, we 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 love the relationship with you guys, and so appreciate like allowing us to to come on and, and perform. Like you said, they were the first time ever live on air. Strike gold. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. That was really cool. Uh, so you're you're going to be playing our our festival show uh, in the fall, which is great, and. Uh, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing a full live plugged in set. I wasn't able to go to the, the Brooklyn Bowl show here, but uh, one of our producers, Connor, went and he said it was amazing. Do you guys remember that? And did you have a good time here in Philly? Oh, yeah, we did. It was a it was a really fun show. Um, and we we can't wait to come back. It's going to it's going to be a blast. Excellent. I think we'd asked about the last time you were here, um, the, you know, that, that vibe where you're, you're performing with a number of different acts on sort of, you know, a, a festival type uh, experience. And uh, I think you guys said that it's, it's something you really enjoy because you do like that sort of uh, familial sensation of being with other touring musicians. Is, is that, was that the case or am I misremembering that? No, no, I think we certainly feel that way. Coming up in the bluegrass scene where, you know, there is a lot of collaboration, there's a lot of jamming. We certainly love that energy that, that can exist between artists on a bill. We have been intrigued that, that it's it's not as prevalent in the rock scene for folks to get up and jam with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go back to like, if you're talking about, you know, Grand old Opry, that was, that was it. Everybody was on stage at the same time, you know, playing together. So that I could see the roots in, in country and bluegrass lending itself to that. But maybe we'll open up some new traditions here. <laughs> yes, come in. absolutely. Have everybody jam together. Uh, one of the things I love about uh, the new album uh, Blood Harmony is you guys really do mix a lot of genres in there and I picked up on uh, some blues, some delta blues, some rock, some country, some boogie woogie. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's uh, that's intermingled in there and uh, and and so that's that gives a really good flow uh, to the album I think and it uh, oh one of the things I wanted to point out as well I've noticed a bigger sound uh, in the production of this album versus the last one can you tell us about that a little bit yeah well we we certainly have been a a live band from the ground up we've been touring for 18 years now <laughs> and I think being able to have spent so much time out on the road we have developed you know a very strong connection um, as, as like a very stripped back four piece like we are we're able to find a lot of energy in there being just the four of us on stage and in records past we'd never leaned into that sparseness and somewhat you know unexpectedly when you're willing to, to lean into the sparseness you actually can get a bigger sound like when you're not from our experience when you're not triple stacking guitars there's more space for a single guitar to to really shine and, and be huge so I think with with Blood Harmony, we really embraced, you know, being really militant about not double stacking guitars, not layering the background vocals, just letting it being a very authentic representation of, of our live sound. And and we were really pleased that it actually did translate into sounding a lot bigger than, than our previous albums. Yeah, it's surprising. I know what you're talking about, even though it's stripped down, but there's a presence to it that's that's really cool. And you guys do let the music breathe uh, in some of these songs, especially the opening track and the closing track are kind of bare but they sound really big it's really cool did you guys produce this one because you produced the last album right 
Yeah, we um, we self-produced all our records, and um, this one was was um, co-produced also with um, Tyler Bryant, who's um, an incredible yes. musician in his own right. Yeah, how did <laughs> you guys happen to run into him? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, just around the local coffee shop. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, Rebecca, I, I wanted to ask you about this. I was uh, spotlighting a couple of songs to Casey here. I told him uh, before the interview, I'm like, because Casey loves... Um, bands that have great vocals and so i said listen to blood harmony you know the title track and might as well be me to really get some amazing uh vocals in there and while listening to that honestly before i even saw the story um i was like man how rebecca can sing these songs night after night set after set and not lose her voice blows me away but you did lose your voice recently right Oh, it was so disappointing. Yeah, we, we flew all the way to Australia and New Zealand and it was a it was a pretty intense schedule. They had we had booked, you know, like three and four shows in a row with with not allowing too much time for jet lag. Because y'all know, like when you're out on the road with a band in this capacity, like you're trying to minimize the amount of time that you're right. out. You're trying to like be super economical with the touring. And so we were really gunning for it. And, and especially in New Zealand, we were booked. We had booked four shows in a row with four flights every morning. Wow. And so by the fourth show, I was just, I didn't have any gas left in the tank. <laughs> and, and it's, it was really disappointing to have to, to cancel the show, especially when we'd come so far. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You got to like respect the biological component <laughs> of the instrument and be like, all right, well. That's all she wrote. We got to just roll with it. Well, you, when you're taking, uh, listen, even a coast to coast trip here in the in the States, I mean, that jet, jet lag will catch up with you. And that's one of the, the big things that's kept me from really, I'd love to go to Japan and I'd love to, believe it or not, even though I'm, I'm, I'm sure everything in Australia can kill you, I'd love to visit Australia. But that that is such a tremendous amount of travel time. And then I think on the other side, you just have to be completely leveled from not you know getting real seep it's true and what i find the most interesting too and i try not to think about it when we're down there um because this is only our second time we've ever been down um into the southern hemisphere to play australia and new zealand but you're completely flipped so it's almost as if you're waking up at you know like four or five a.m to do your shows and that's like just it's a very trippy experience when you're trying to make the vocal instrument like cooperate but you're asking a lot of your body in doing that. So, so it's it's such a delicate balance. And, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Now, Megan, obviously you throw in uh, harmonies. Um, if your voice gave out, could you guys still get away with pulling off a show? <laughs> I think I'd just uh, take over all of my harmony parts on the slide. Okay. <laughs> and you could do that. You could yeah, probably absolutely. Do that. Yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of the slide, uh, you uh, recently had a collaboration between uh, uh, you and Beard Guitars, right? For a, um, is, is that, I guess, like a signature uh, lap steel that, you're, that you have now? It is. It's a signature lap steel that, that I designed and Beard has been building. And it's just a fantastic instrument. It's, um, it's one that I designed to be easier to stand with because lap steel is usually played in the lap. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've got to stand with it. So this instrument has been made so it's easier to, to run around the stage. Well, I have to ask, do you, is there some sort of, uh, something that you, you wear or like maybe a, a, because if you're having that thing kind of digging into your pelvis, uh, you know, I don't know how, how much you have it. Uh, is or your there, neck. Or your neck. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. And, and, and do you, do you, 
put like a pad or something underneath that because after a while, I think it, it could be it's pulled into you basically. Correct? Yeah, yeah. When I was playing my Rickenbacker, um, it that's a very heavy instrument. And that was beginning to take its toll on my back. Um, and so that's really the, the idea behind making this Electra Leash instrument, a signature guitar of mine, um, because it's half the weight. So it, it's huh. really not nearly as taxing. Okay. Yeah. I, when I was listening this morning, I was getting Derek Trucks vibe from you. And when I was listening to, uh, you know, the two songs that that Preston was recommending for me, uh, I wanted to ask you about, uh, in 2014, uh, cause he's just going through like your, your, your Wikipedia, but like you work with T-Bone Burnett on the new basement tapes. And, and I watched the, um, the documentary and I, and I, uh, have the, the, the album on my iTunes. I, I love the new basement tapes. For those of you guys who don't know, um, T-Bone Burnett got a whole bunch of musicians together to basically write songs for lyrics that Bob Dylan never put to music. And I want to ask you guys which songs you were on, because uh, it says that you played alongside Marcus Mumford, and Kansas City, I think, is my favorite song on that album. Are you guys featured on that song or other songs? Yeah, we sang on Kansas City. We sang on... Um, what's the Rhiannon Giddon tunes? You know, it's funny. It's been so long and we've never performed those songs live. So I think I would probably have to look at the track listing. Yeah. Well, but that was like one of those experiences that was really mind blowing because we were out in Los Angeles making a record and we're, we're very close with, with Elvis Costello. And so we were just checking in on Elvis to see where in the world he was. And he said, Oh, nowhere. I'm also in Los Angeles. Um, working on the new basement tapes and so he he had t-bone hit us up to come in and, and play some mandolin and and then we also sang background vocals on a couple of songs but it was such a wild experience i mean talk about just the condensed talent in the room it yeah. was it was really an amazing experience to like actually just get to watch it go down that's that's pretty wild el costello is now i'm a huge fan i've seen him many times in concert he, but he's known over the years you know, like he 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 attached himself to Burt Bacharach, and they they had a wonderful um, you know run of albums and things like that. He really seems to support musicians of all different types and and be the kind of person you can sort of bounce ideas off of. So you guys say you're you're, you're close with him? Very. Um, he he is. I think in the truest sense of the word, he's been a great mentor to us over the years. And we we actually. Speaking of jamming, the whole like Americana vibe of getting up on stage and, and jamming with one another, we met him at Merle Fest in North Carolina in like the mid 2000s. And we just became close friends based on that limited interaction. We just had a lot of like musical simpatico. And, and that is one of the greatest gifts that I think he passed along to us is is disregarding the notion that as an artist you you need to to dumb yourself down or to simplify who it is you are like mm-hmm. your identity within your music he he basically told us over the years like hey you guys don't get in don't get into any box just just be who you are curate the art that you feel passionate about and your fans will come to appreciate your unique voice for for being multifaceted yeah uh, if you're just tuning in, it's Rebecca and Megan Lovell from uh, Larkin Poe going to be playing uh, the MM Barbecue coming up on September 16th. Back in March, you guys were on uh, Jim Kimmel. Was that uh, your biggest TV appearance that you've done yet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. And I'm glad you chose the song uh, Bad Spell because I mean this as a compliment. That is a stanky song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Stanky, man. And uh, it's just you, you guys can get into the grit and uh, it's just you can feel it. So thank you for bringing the stank. 
Oh man, it was <laughs> it was really special to be able to be allowed that access because we certainly are, you know, we're like a little bit left of center and it is hard to pin down what we do. So to get an opportunity like that and to expose people to the style of music that has absolutely changed our lives, like, you know, blues rock and roll and roots rock and roll, it's it's so close to our heart and, and we just want more people to know about it, want more people to support it. Yeah, you guys do, you, you do a little bit of a balance, you know, I'd mentioned those genres at the, at the beginning and, um, it, you know, do you see yourself tilting towards one or the other or just kind of mixing it all up like this? I don't know that we that we actually uh, put too much focus on it, Meg. What okay. would you What would you say? <laughs> I would say you just never know with us. It's from record to record. It seems like we just kind of allow ourselves to go wherever the songs lead. Um, and so, who knows what the next record will be? I wanted to uh, to ask you guys because a lot of times I find myself, though I'm not a musician, on YouTube falling into musician, um, you know, uh, YouTube uh, video holes where they're describing an album or they're breaking down something. Or uh, and I just find it incredibly fascinating. Um, even though I'm not a musician, even though if if they get technical, it still doesn't matter. I'm enjoying it. To you guys as musicians who are in it all the time, does that interest you as well? Are you fans of you know rock documentaries and things of that nature? Yeah, or breaking things down, right, and right. stuff like that oh absolutely I just recently I guess it was the other night I watched the uh, running with our eyes closed Jason Isbell documentary because I think that that it's so important to to remind ourselves that there are very real people behind us songs and albums that are that are speaking to us you know and, and I think sometimes we can forget like I can you know cue up Fleetwood Mac rumors and sometimes completely disassociate from the fact that those were real people that were going through like a really traumatic emotional experience in the studio making right. rumors. But yet there's so much like kinetic energy within those recordings and you know it's got to be because they were so awash in the human experience with one another. Um, so to, the, the short answer is yes, absolutely. We, nice. we majorly nerd out over that. <laughs> now, you guys, you talk about putting personal stuff into your music. Uh, you know, I definitely pick up on some of that lyrically uh, in Blood Harmony. There's a song, and I forgot what the title of one, where you talk about uh, your, your mom had a singing voice. Maybe it was Blood Harmony. In fact, I think that is it. Um, mm -hmm. Is that true? Your, your mom and dad, were they musically inclined? Not Music, they were big music lovers okay. and our mom has a lovely voice and some of our earliest memories of music is sitting with her around the piano and her teaching us to sing harmony um, because she would, she grew up singing harmony with her siblings and so she passed that, that down to us um, and, and, and that's blood harmony. <laughs> Uh, man, I wish my family could have sung. Oh, dude, I, I, so we were trying. trying. Harmonize yeah. with your family. So Nick Murphy, who used to be our video producer here, his um, his wife is from West Virginia, and they go down there a few times a year to you know for for family functions. And he says that he just you know like the whole living room is just filled with the guitars and banjos and and people singing and harmonizing. And he's showing me videos. And I'm like, this is like this is my dream. Yeah. You know, like but yeah. Uh, Rebecca and Megan, uh, Casey and Nick do a version of the Safe Light Repair jingle. <laughs> In French. Yeah. Oh, I wish I did. Should we let them hear that? Yeah, you guys see, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, Stephen. I got, I got kicked out. All right. Well, sorry. To be honest, know. we're not. We'll we'll give it a shot. Right, there we go. All right. Ready? Right. Three, two, one. Merci beaucoup. Merci your face. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Top that. Amazing. Yeah. Top yeah. that. Uh, we're doing Kimmel next week. So. Yeah.
Wow, the yeah. dulcet tones. Yeah. The dulcet got, tones. Yeah. They sang in unison, though. Norm, yeah. you were harmonizing earlier. Well, he's the harmony. I'm just, I'm the. All right, I one more time. All right, here Three, we go. Three, two, one. Merci beaucoup. Wait, wait, no. No, nope. I'll, I'll take the low you can die. Three, two, one. Merci beaucoup. You're still doing unison. I know. Ready? All right, let's you know what? We got to do this all. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't have time to rehearse. I'm sorry, guys. I think they're, they're busy musicians, and here we are perfecting our art. Well, right. when they're in town in September, you guys can do it live and in person for them. Absolutely. It'd be yeah. our honor. We, we won't put the stress on you to invite us up on stage yeah. to do it. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just make sure that we're there for you. Hey, listen, I want to ask you guys, does, does Jackie Bam Bam have your personal cell phone numbers by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. And so, Jackie. how often does he call you? Because he he calls me all the time, and it's uh, usually he he goes through his little rolodex of people to call as he's driving into work. So, uh, I would imagine you guys probably get middle of the night calls. Jackie Bam Bam <laughs> is one of the most precious of all of the rock and roll angels. <laughs> yeah, and sends the most sweet and supportive texts. I we I actually haven't gotten too many dials like straight up calls, but we have we have an ongoing text thread certainly. Will he send you random pictures of his dad holding up forty five records? Because we get those all the time. <laughs> No, but I want to get added to the okay. chat. Well, no, he's, he's listening. It will happen now. Yeah, so, be yeah. careful what you say. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I, I told you guys earlier that uh, when you guys were in studio in September, Jackie and I were driving across the country. Now, before this, this cross-country road trip, I, I love Jackie. But afterwards, I love him even more now. And so when you talk about him being like this this angel, he really is. And, he, and so now uh, I would answer probably 40% of his phone calls, and now I answer 80 percent of his oh, calls. there you go. <laughs> That's how special he is. Yeah, he may be calling as soon as we get done with this. Uh, I guarantee you. Know. <laughs> well, listen, we are crazy excited that you guys are part of the MMRBQ. Uh, we've become huge, huge fans, and uh, we're stoked for September, and I know you, you you guys have a lot of work between now and then, uh, but I know you'll save some in the tank for us uh, when you uh, come for the show, so we're very much looking forward to it. 100%. And you know what? I think it's a perfect opportunity for us to bring the Americana spirit. We're going to get up on stage. We're all going to get up with Billy Idol and sing White Wedding and have nice. a medley with Merci Buku. <laughs> yes. It has to happen. I play drums. If you really yeah, yeah, yeah. need somebody to step uh -huh. in, you let me know. I'll learn songs. Hey, here we go. Yeah, uh, here we go. And uh, oh, Kathy God. on the zither. Yeah, yeah she'll, be great. she'll bring her zither. <laughs> along with uh, no, thank you guys, Rebecca and Megan. Uh, continued success on the tour. We will see you in September, okay? You guys in September. All right. All right. We love you. Yeah. Rebecca and Megan Lovell, guys. Mark and Ho on the Preston and Steve show. And yes, the album is Blood Harmony, and it's fantastic. So uh, excited they're going to be here. Tickets are on sale now. You can go to WMMR.com. If you need a link sent to you, just text the word finally to 39333 and uh, you can easily access that. They're such great singers. Yeah. I mean, uh, just Rebecca's voice. I was just blown away by in the studio here. And then you listen to the album, and there's just some depth there that's just solid, man. They, they both can bring it. I, I love to. And, and they're, you know, the loyalty that they have um, mutually um, says something. I mean, you know, that's their they're star is rising, and they still make time. Yeah. I want their cell phone number, by the way. Yeah, I'll get it for him. Get from, you. If you can get it from Jackie. Stop calling me. <laughs> 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 All right.
right. Uh, Can I mention something quick? Yeah, yeah, please. I wanted to bring up Zaz ice cream. At uh, my Claire's uh, birthday was last week, and I got a, um, uh, I got this thing. They do a, a a an ice cream brunch with ice cream tastings and all this stuff, new flavors. Oh, and ice cream yes. brunch. And we did ice cream brunch at Zaz. It's on oh Germantown Avenue in Philadelphia, and Danielle is the uh, uh, the owner and creator, and all these flavors, Kathy. It's amazing, but they're just really nice. So it's um, they didn't pay me to say this, but it's just a wonderful time. They offer these things, these brunches and these tastings, and there's ice cream flavors like you can't even imagine that are there. I had Earl Grey, which I love Earl Grey tea, Earl Grey ice cream uh, yesterday. Ooh. Creamy, wonderful, uh, and uh, they're, I mean, they're they're just kicking ass because people have now found it. I was telling you guys uh, off air, I haven't had ice cream in three months. That's yeah. insane. Well, when you break and the chain, go there. Ice cream is my ice cream ice cream is my every night yeah. treat. Like yeah. end of the day treat every day. Why are you punishing yourself? As I'm, I'm, I'm on a weight loss program. I so know. it's my own. Uh, and, and part of that was stepping away from the sweet stuff. But it's going to be sweet. so sweet when I come back to it. You used to just do a spoonful, right? Not a spoonful. Half cup. Okay, oh, I yes. see. All right, well, then, then that makes sense. It was a tiny so bit. So go to Zaz and do t- just uh, just do two pints a night, and you'll okay. be set. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. It'll be right. awesome. But thank thank you to Danielle, and it was a wonderful time, and uh, just wanted to give them some love. I ate your share last night, Preston. Thank you. <laughs> Where did you go? Uh, I went to Campus Corner, which is right next to Villanova, and they serve uh, Hershey's brand ice cream, which I'm a big fan mm. of. And I had Moose Tracks. Andrea also had Moose Tracks. Ben went with the, the mint chocolate chip, which is a, you yeah, know. Ben said, Ben said. Why don't you forget the moose <laughs> for a moment? Wait, are you, you crapping on, on mint chocolate no, chip? No, I just mint think. Mint chocolate chip is wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 good. Oh no, I love it. It's I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> moose track. What's in moose tracks? Oh, there's like moose a chocolate, a yeah. chocolate ganache, little uh, peanut butter cups, vanilla ice cream. I don't know what ganache is, but I it's like, like a, to it's say like it. ribbons of chocolate. You know how you, you can get like a peanut butter uh, chocolate ice cream, and you get like the the peanut oh, butter yeah. comes in like ribbons. The ribbons. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. It's R- what comes out before you complete. Make that um, chocolate, Casey, okay. and that's, that's what you got. Ganache, oh, ganache. ganache. Right. Damn fine ice cream. It's gonna be my regular Saturday night. Thing, baby. Oh, yeah. That's me standing over <laughs> a uh, tub got, of ice cream. Yeah. I got the uh, strawberry shortcake McFlurry yesterday. I think we were talking about that. We were. Week. Yeah. So, it was delicious. So they actually, uh, <laughs> over there, they, they had infused the ice. So they had, it was, it was, it had strawberry, I believe, in it, but it also had. The ice cream itself was infused, sort of, with the taste of pretzel. Mm. There weren't pretzels in it, uh-huh. and you can. T- I mean, it was really well. I, you know, yeah. When you can pick out the separate flavors, that's uh, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, nice. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Preston and Steve on ninety three three WMMR. Shopify helps businesses break sales records over the holidays with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.